Free Talk Lives, live Sunday edition. Coming to you from Keene, New Hampshire. Give us a call at 603-435-1105. It's Mark with you. And Stephanie. As usual, this is what we do on Sundays, right? Indeed. Yeah. Or at for, least for the last month or so. Well, last Sunday I was away at the NHLA dinner thing, mm-hmm. doing their MC. Yeah, um, how was that? Tell me about it. I think they got their money's worth. Okay. Meaning they... I was free. <laughs> <laughs> and what do they do at the NHLA dinner? Do they, they get awards? Uh, uh, yes, they have a, a silent auction for lots of stuff. Whoever does the fundraising for that does a good job. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a 50-50 raffle where they support gambling in New Hampshire uh, by uh, selling raffle tickets. They oh, you know, they support gambling in New Hampshire? Like You mean they want the government to run gambling casinos? Is that what They want uh, people to be free to gamble in New Hampshire. Okay. It's New Hampshire Liberty Alliance. They're, mm-hmm. you know. The the they give away the legislator of the year award. Uh-huh. They give away the activist of the year award. award. Mm-hmm. And who was the activist Kevin of Kevin Bloom? Are okay. you familiar with uh, Kevin Bloom? Mm-hmm. Sure. Yep. Uh, the the high priest at the, ch- uh, the Church of the Sword. He uh, <laughs> he is a character that fella, and he um yeah he won, and it was just, well both of them deserve it. Uh, Mark uh, Warden was the legislator of the year. Mm-hmm. He got the uh, A plus award, and of course, I think that really the activist of the year is the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance itself, with a hundred and twenty. Uh, people who are uh, endorsed by the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance in the New Hampshire House. It's an incredible uh, amount of legislators in there that uh, are sort of pro-liberty. Now, the endorsement is a um, a 20% rating, as I understand it, or above. 20% 20, I guess 80%, I should say. 80%, oh, okay. so 20% they can, bad. They can be 20% statist, and then they... That's of course, correct. of course, if they're in politics, then, you know, some would argue that they're 100 percent status. But <laughs> I suppose, um, you know, I, I I would love to see the solutions that don't include using any state because I, I, you know, I, I, that that lead to more peace. But I haven't heard them. They're not convincing to me yet. But um, no, no, no doubt, uh, you know, there there are certainly legislators in there that have vote, voted bad on some uh, pretty ugly bills. But sure. Yeah. Know. I mean, the um, the thing that I. I always get disappointed with is when I see something that seems like on its face, it's a good idea, like the bill that was going to protect people from when they record the police. Yep. And then later on, we find out that there's an amendment or something, yes. or there's something buried deep within it that actually makes it so that it makes things harsher punishment for recording the police. And that happened. <clears throat> Excuse me. I have something in my throat that did happen. Um, that was uh, an amendment, as I understand it. So it passed the House in its good form, but then turned into the evil twin from the mirror universe mm-hmm. uh, in the Senate, which mm-hmm. the Senate, as has been uh, stated many times, is a terrorist organization uh, of anti-freedom. Uh, but the House is not. Not nearly as much. <laughs> not as much. You know, you can you can get. Uh, it, it's much more of a uh, a, a people's uh, kind of place um, for legislation. I just you know the Senate is where the ugly stuff gets gets done here, at least in this state. Mm-hmm. So I, it all seems pretty ugly to me. <laughs> I, I can't lie. Well, there's there are pieces of legislation that have offered us more freedom, right? I can't really think of one. Okay. I mean, well, can you uh, the, give me an- the easiest one is Gin Coffee's bill that would allow um, someone to carry a knife with two sides to it. Why do I have to ask permission to carry a knife? I mean, why why is the government in that in the first place? Well, why is the government in that in the first place? Because statists have, have, have decided that that's the case. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, I don't live in a world where I think that the government doesn't exist. I mean, you can you can act like it doesn't exist, and that's fine. Feel free to feel free to do that, but... You know, either you know that the law is out there or you don't know that the law is out there, but the police are going to enforce it if they feel like enforcing it. 
For instance, I am a convicted felon. Mm-hmm. I cannot carry a weapon. Um, according, New Hampshire has the most uh, draconian laws in the union regarding felons and possessions of weapons. Yep. Um, they, I'm not allowed to have a billies or a slung shot or uh, a sword cane or a dirk knife. Learning what those were in their archaic medieval weapons, right? Right. They, they, what, what is a billies? It's a stick. <laughs> I mean, so I can oh. possess a bow and arrow or a sword, but I can't possess a short stick. Are they going to outlaw your fist too? They have not outlawed. They're going to outlaw you wearing steel-toed boots. I, look, I don't. I don't. Uh, you know that I'm coming from the si- the point of view that the state is, uh, you know, in this this wrong arena. But it mm-hmm. doesn't change the fact that some cop, if he feels like it, can arrest me for having a short stick, and yeah. say, oh, "What can I say? That boy there had had himself a billies. Mm-hmm. I, all I do is enforce the law." So he could. I mean, just to play devil's advocate here, I'm not. I'm not trying to. Sure. be a pain but <laughs> you said at the very beginning of the show mark that i shouldn't just agree with everything you say do whatever so you wish i'm uh, voicing my opinion here but you know if a cop doesn't like you carrying a two-sided knife couldn't they just charge you with disorderly conduct or you know find some way to arrest you for something else because there are just so many darn laws well they what they probably can't do is um you know sort of legitimately Get me like they can legitimately get you on a disorderly conduct charge. Anybody that just say, hey, you know, they were disordered. They were conducting themselves in an unorderly fashion. But this is a second degree felony. Me possessing mm-hmm. a short stick. Mm-hmm. So you're talking about a 10 year prison sentence. So does the- disorderly conduct is nothing like that. <laughs> it's more like, you know. Yeah. 60 days or something like that as the top sentence. Yeah, and that's unfortunate because supposedly you've so-called paid your debt to society or sure. whatever and and you should you shouldn't be wearing a red letter around your whole life, but if let's see. Um Now, if he wanted to get me by planting a gun on me, he could do that. Yeah. But that that's him stepping in into a whole new realm. That's him mm-hmm. creating a false charge as opposed to taking a real charge and getting me with it. Right. And I think that that's all they want to do is, you know, pull some teeth out of the rabid dog that is uh, the executive branch in the state of New Hampshire. So, but does does Jen Coffey's knife bill allow you to carry a knife? It does not, no. Yeah, so that doesn't give you any more freedom. It doesn't give me <laughs> any more freedom, but it does give the 99% of the population that does not have a, a felony conviction more freedom. Yeah, I'd prefer more people have more freedom. Yeah, I I, I mean, do I, too. I but... don't know what a dirk knife is. I you know the legislature decided not to to make it to outlaw it without defining it. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know maybe it's a fourteen inch knife, maybe it's a thirteen inch knife. I have no idea. Yeah. But um, you know, well, I know you, it's two sided. Let me be honest with you. I I started out when I moved. I've lived in New Hampshire for about the same time you have, Mark. About five yeah, years. I think you arrived slightly earlier than we did, didn't mm-hmm. you? Yeah, okay. maybe a couple of weeks earlier actually. Because I remember he's setting up my new apartment in New Hampshire and listening to Free Talk Live, and you guys had just moved up and didn't tell go. anyone. But anyway, uh, when I first came here, I started off doing political type activism because at the time I viewed it as the only thing that was safe. You know, this I can do this safely without endangering myself sure. and being arrested and um, you know, being having consequences at work or whatever. And over time I became extremely frustrated with it. I started oh, digging yeah. into the philosophy a little bit more and I it just it, it started to uh, be a conflict in my mind. How can you use the government to get rid of the government? It doesn't make any sense. How can you use the political process to, to get rid of itself? It does, none of the evidence from history shows that working through the political system can really create the kind of change that I'm interested in. Well, there's, so, there's evidence that governments can be on the side of freedom. 
Um, you know, the women getting the right to vote and black people being freed and things like that. These are all tumultuous issues, no doubt, when they when they work. But they the government was on the issue of more freedom in but a couple slavery, of slavery. OK, the Civil War didn't end slavery. You know, I did not claim slavery. I did not claim the Civil War. Slavery existed outside of the bounds of the United States. And in most places, it was done sort of in a relatively peaceful fashion without, uh, the, you know, the, the biggest war in uh, that country's history, whatever that country might be. Haiti probably excluded um but you know I, I, all i'm saying is is that it can be used and it depends on how you define government if you define government as an organization that claims for itself the monopoly privilege and the use of force in a given landmass, okay i agree with you but um if you define government as an organization that protects people from bad things then i don't agree because there can be those organizations they can exist in the free market and you know people are going to want organizations to protect them from bad things right uh, yes, I think there's a demand for that. But in New Hampshire, when we're talking about New Hampshire politics, that organization is a coercive uh, body. It is right? currently. Yeah. But my uh, my question to you uh, would be this. Many companies um, exist, you know, for instance, have existed with and without uh, government regulation in a particular area. Mm-hmm. So they had more and less regulation in, in a particular area. All I, all I want from the New Hampshire government is that it allow competition in the area of governance. So if uh, the, the anarchists want to rule themselves, fine, as long as they don't hurt anybody. Then okay. They, um, so if that if that system were in place, it would not meet my definition of a government, which is a coercive that's monopoly. That's your definition, but it's not everybody's definition. Oh, now we're just mincing words. <laughs> uh, you, we can mince words if we wish. Six zero three four three five eleven zero five. Mince words. <laughs> Liberty Maniacs is the largest online Liberty brand, featuring the most comprehensive selection of original posters, stickers, apparel, embroidered hats, and over 100 different products from around the world. From hilarious satire to hard-hitting artistic commentary, Liberty Maniacs is devoted to outfitting the Liberty movement with intelligent, eye-catching, and fashionable gear that expresses your personal dedication to Liberty. Best of all, Liberty Maniacs offers a no-hassle, money-back guarantee on all products. LibertyManiacs.com. Wear something worth saying. Free Talk Lives, live Sunday edition, 603-435-1105. Call in, join in. Looks like we're having the standard minarchist-anarchist debate here. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. I'm Hope- a master debater. Uh, I- <laughs> <laughs> That's not fair to do it to an old gar- married guy. You know, it's just not. Because uh, <laughs> I can't think of anything else now, except for... You master debating and <laughs> listen.freetalklive.com. Mm-hmm. That's what everybody should focus on. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Live streams, radio, satellite, webcam, listen lines. You can look at the webcam and see what I'm talking about. Why it has me so flustered. Stephanie here with Mark live in the studio. You can uh, listen to Free Talk Live in all different ways, whether it's on the radio, through satellite, through satellite. Uh, we're on two XM channels, uh, listen lines. You can co- listen on your phone. You can listen whether it's a smartphone, a regular phone. You can dial a telephone number, put it on speaker, and listen if that's what you want to do. Free Talk Live has made it easy for you. You should be able to listen to Free Talk Live just about anywhere. That's our thought. We're doing our best. Mm-hmm. 
If you're on any medications and you're getting your medications at a local pharmacy, you're likely paying more than you have to. There's a better way. Discount Prescription Services will get your prescription medications at discounts as high as 70% off, and they'll deliver them right to your door. All you have to do is go to meds.freetalklive.com. They have a Become a Member section there on the left-hand side of the page. You can click on that, or you can call the telephone number they have. They will get back to you during business hours. Their customer service is excellent. They walk you through every step. They do a third-party certification when it comes to uh, for counterfeit drugs just to make sure you get what you're paying for, and you save big time. It's meds.freetalklive.com, whether it's Viagra, Cialis, Boniva, Ablify, Lipitor, Nexium, Zetia, anything that you take on a regular basis, meds.freetalklive.com. So, Stephanie. Yes. We were sort of discussing, uh, you know, the futility of using the system versus the, uh, uh, I, I don't, I, we, there, was, there hadn't really been anything about versus. So, mm-hmm. one thing that you'd said is that you were into the sort of using the system first when you moved to New Hampshire. And yep. You became frustrated over time. Mm-hmm. And I tend to hear this story a lot. And I yeah. wonder whether it's the chicken and the egg, or the egg. So, what... Many folks who would uh, claim to be sort of outside the system activists would claim um, when they say things like, uh, you know, the system, how can you how can you possibly use the government to get rid of the government? And well, my answer would be is that I I don't want to get rid of the government tomorrow. If I want, I I think that would be very bad for us to get rid of the government tomorrow. I think that sure without the educational base and the ideas. That's why I spend my time now doing outreach and media. Yep. Because I think that the idea is hugely important. Yes, absolutely. I, we can certainly agree on that. Mm-hmm. But I think that you can use politics to do some educating, too. And I think that the Ron Paul uh, campaign is a really great example of this. Mm-hmm. And in the in the meantime, you can get a little more liberty in lots of places. I think you can cut down the size of the state by 90 percent. And most folks could sort of agree, you know, that at least make compromises down to that point if we had a conversation that was going on about how can we get the government out of our life in this area, this area, this area, this area. Now, cops, courts, roads, these things tend to get a little muddled. Military, these are these are tough conversations to have with people about uh, a voluntary society. And I think that really um, that in a world where technology has taken us beyond sort of the physical realm, that's when we're really going to see this. This is only maybe a few decades away, quite possibly. That's when we're going to see what? That um, you that governments won't have a reach for people on the Internet. They just won't figure it. That the Internet is the new world and people will figure out on the Internet, hey, we don't need government here. Mm-hmm. And therefore they'll figure out in real life hey we don't need government here plus there'll be colonizations of uh, other planets and things like that and i think uh, uh, the sea these things you could find some really interesting stuff on but i, I my question for you is this rather than uh, kind of you know grandstanding as i am was it the chicken or the egg did you get frustrated with politics and then decide that politics was immoral or did you decide that politics was immoral and then get frustrated with politics oh that's a great question well I think my views evolved to realize, to see the violence inherent in the system. I I saw it nominally at first Mm -hmm. and I thought, well, this is a violent system. It's going to be really frustrating. It's going to take a lot of effort and time and pour a lot of energy into it and maybe won't see that much return. But what else can I do? That was my thought process at first. Mm -hmm. Um, But then as I realized, hey, I'm pouring all this time and energy into it and nothing's happening that I realized there were other things that I could do. You see what I'm saying? And then 
after that, you know, I, I started to think about it and my views evolved and I talked to people and I read some things and I was like, hey, my gut feeling of like this isn't working wasn't just a gut feeling like there's actually some philosophy behind it. And like when the means and the ends are not compatible, then you, you don't achieve the desired results. And there are other people who have thought this, too. So I think um, to answer your question, uh, was it the was it? The question was, was it the chicken or the egg, which, which came first? Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think the, um, I think the realizing that it was immoral only came later when my personal views on liberty evolved and grew to a certain point. So the frustration came first. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that this is, this, um, I think this was true for Russell Canning. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, he, he wanted, he worked very hard to get uh, a building up for sale here in Keene, New Hampshire. Mm -hmm. Um, The election didn't work out the way he wanted to, although he won, the bureaucrats turned it around on him and stuff like this. And I, I think that a lot of people sort of, instead of liberty in their lifetime, they think it's going to be liberty in the next election. And it, you know, so all the work that you put in has come to fruition. Like when you put in work on these campaigns early on, 2006, 2007, whenever you're doing it, you realize that it worked. Like the plan worked. No, it didn't work because, well, I was never supporting candidates. I was always supporting um, uh what I what I focused my efforts on was medical marijuana okay. to start off with, and that's something that has passed in other states, and it's it's passed it here. It seems like it had through a, the House and the Senate, and <laughs> been vetoed by the governor, and then come back for almost a veto proof margin by two votes. Right, and and you see that whole process. You see how many people put so much effort and work and money yes. into trying to get that done, and in the end, it comes down to just a few politicians who really they couldn't give a crap about yeah. the people who Agreed. are sick Agreed. and in pain and Agreed. they actually ended up changing that legislation to make it so that the state would run oh, it was medical awful. marijuana. This, uh, you know, this is the thing, uh, you know, when medical marijuana in this state has been a disaster, if you hang mm-hmm. your hat on that issue, then I agree. I understand why you're frustrated. I get it. Um, I'm almost of the opinion that medical marijuana is not a step in the direction of Liberty. Yeah. Because there's a lot of people who feel that way. The um, California, in California, there was a medical marijuana dispensaries that were on the side of of, of keeping marijuana illegal when the, in the, one of the most recent uh, yep. referendum things that they have out there. And people start to think of it as something that only sick people should have, and you have to have a prescription for mm-hmm. it when there are some people who use it recreationally, and they're not hurting anyone. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I it's not just a frustration, though. I have to say, like, the frustration came, and that was a feeling that I experienced but I think that feeling was more of an, a reflection of a real deep conflict and a real deep dissonance that I was feeling of, like, how can we use politics to uh, get rid of politics? Well, I, you know, the, the thing is, is that what I'm hoping from the state is that um, it that we can because uh, the only problems I have with with government the only there's only two problems I have with it is that it fights very hard to, to maintain a monopoly and it steals money from people if we can make it stop doing those two things then I don't have a problem with it and <laughs> it's not government free talk live <laughs> 603-435-1105 you already know that you can support free talk live and the civil disobedience evolution fund by starting your amazon or new egg shopping at shop.freetalklive.com But did you know that you can also spend bitcoins at Amazon or Newegg? That's right. Start your Amazon or Newegg shopping at spendbitcoins.com, and you can buy just about anything with bitcoins. So if you're using fiat currency, start all your shopping at shop.freetalklive.com. But when you want to spend bitcoins, start all your bitcoin shopping at spendbitcoins.com. That's spendbitcoins.com.
Free Talk Lives, live Sunday edition. It's Mark with you. And Stephanie. While you're uh, poking around there on the internet, take a look at news.freetalklive.com. We have all kinds of options for you to find out more about Free Talk Live, the stations we add and awards we win and all kinds of other new exciting things. Uh, we've uh, placed highly among um, the websites of top radio programs out there, pl- t- placed in the top 20 uh, most viewed or something libertarian websites. Find out all that stuff by uh, being part of uh, news.freetalklive.com. We've got a couple options for you. Emailed updates, that's what I use. Twitter, Facebook, um, you can be our friend, be our twit friend or whatever there. <laughs> be a twit. <laughs> news.freetalklive.com. Also, I believe the correct terminology is listen to our or follow our tweets. Follow our tweets? Okay, please. I don't even know who sends them out. Uh, it's probably linked. It's probably automatic oh. to the Facebook or something. Gotcha. Well, good. I'm glad somebody's doing it. <laughs> <laughs> We've been uh, talking a lot about Bitcoins lately, and you can buy them, you can sell them, you can accept them for your products and services. You know, you can u- use them as kind of like an online commodities market. But what do you do once you have them? Why, you can spend them, of course. Bit- spendbitcoins.com. It allows you to spend them all in one place. From spendbitcoins.com, you can spend your bitcoins uh, on major online retailers such as Amazon, Fishpond, Barnes & Nobles, memory dealers, and more retailers are being added every day. Uh, a fellow named Jeremy uh, runs the site. He's got a 100 rating or something, some incredible rating on eBay. So you can trust him. I've done business with him. I trust him. It's uh, spendbitcoins.com, and you can spend your bitcoins. It's, uh, it's, it's a great option for folks that want to use them. But that's one of the big complaints. What can you do with them? Well, I'll tell you what can you do with them. You can buy <laughs> anything you want on uh, Amazon or Fishpond, whatever that is, Barnes & Noble. I know they must have books, probably some DVDs, memory dealers. They've got memory. They've got optical transceivers. Spendbitcoins.com. So where were we? Oh, yeah, we were talking about whether inside the system or outside the system is activism is good, bad, moral, or whatever. Yeah, so I want to ask you just, this question. Okay, sure. Is, um, is it immoral to work within the political system in order, in order to gain more freedom for yourself and other people that you love? Um, I, I don't really agree with the premise of that question Sure, probably people have that intention of working within the political system to gain more freedom for themselves and their family and everyone else. That's one else. of the reasons I do it. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I don't think that – I've come to believe that that is not possible. That's not a possible way to achieve possible that. Possible is different than moral, right? Okay, so the morality, um, it it makes me feel icky. And, okay, and that's yes. – I think that's a fine answer, right? Like, um, if if you know, you just don't want to do it. For instance, I don't want to do it, be, but I don't. I don't want other people to do it either. It I think, would be more effective and expeditious for me to say change my own oil in my car mm-hmm. than it would be to, for me to hire somebody to do it. And you know, somebody can make the argument maybe. that it's a better idea for me to do it. Somebody could certainly make the argument. Here's a tool. Do it. Do this. Mm-hmm. I know they've got this uh, in the dipstick oil changing device where you can. Wow. <laughs> suck up about four quarts of oil and then oh, I need glug, 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 <laughs> put it back in and you'll certainly you'll save some money because an oil change doesn't actually change all the oil yep. in the crankcase it just changes a lot of it mm-hmm. and it's a good idea to do it every 3000 miles i'm cheap i'm telling you i've looked at this i really wanted to find out some way for this not to be true it's true you know buy the cheap oil change it every 3000 miles <laughs> because it, there's little filings that get in there and you don't want them floating around the oil cuz they're very bad for things that are moving 
several thousand times uh, per minute. But um, as the case may be, someone may argue that that's a good idea for me to do. I'm not going to do it. I, I'm just not going to do it. I've thought about doing it. I've imagined myself doing it. I'm not going to change the oil in my car. Okay, so, so what does that have to do with politics? It's icky. I consider it icky. Uh-huh, so uh-huh. as it, long as you're not saying it's immoral to participate in politics, you, you're saying that you th- consider it to be inexpeditious. But Well, no, not exactly. I, I do... Um, you know, I think people, when if, if they hear me say I think it's immoral, are going to feel uh, like I'm personally attacking them. I think you are. That's not what I I'm, don't know about personally attacking. You're, you're attacking well, the act, their actions. Well, um, let me put it this way. Because moral um, is immoral for you is immoral for everybody, right? Uh, yeah, sure. Okay. It, I mean, it, morality is consistent. It it, it, let's hope so. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm just have double standards trying to make sure that that's the case. To. So it not only does it make me personally feel icky and it's not something that I would want to do or enjoy doing or spend my time on, um, you know, if we believe in the non-initiation of force as Mm -hmm. libertarians, voluntarists or whatever we want to call ourselves, then it's also not consistent with the non-aggression principle to apportion the ability to use force to someone else like a politician. And so. You can apportion your ability to use force to someone else. Uh, that would be hiring a security company. Um, that uh, would be to initiate force, not not defensive force like a security well, I company. Well, I would not uh, apportion the ability of a politician to do that because I don't believe that it is a moral behavior to initiate force on someone else. Okay. So um, if you vote for a politician, um, you know, even if it's Ron Paul, he, he does want to use force on some people, right? I, I, you know, I think that he's gotten better about the the border issue, if that's what you're talking about. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, but I mean, most politicians are not even near the level of Ron no, Paul as Certainly far as understanding not. liberty. Yep. And, you know, in, in most places, even New Hampshire, even New Hampshire is like this. Yeah. Know, the politicians do want to use force. And of course, by just by virtue of being politicians, their salary is paid by aggressing against everyone to fund their their activities. And, uh, you know, just participating in, in voting and politics is kind of giving a little endorsement to that whole system of like, yes, it's OK that the slaves get a suggestion box where they can check politician a or politician b or should we have this thing or not and and even if the outcome is inconsistent with what they chose they still have to accept it and live by it because they had the chance to vote and no i don't think that that's so i mean i I don't think that if uh, you voted um against the holocaust and then uh, 50 40 50 percent plus one voted for the holocaust that that makes the holocaust moral it just means that you you attempted another avenue among many to stop the holocaust I think that's all it means. I think the government is an apparatus of force, is the same as a revolver is. If I sure. have a revolver, I am not using force against you. If I pick up the revolver <laughs> and point at your head and demand your wallet, then I am using force against you. And, and that's that's what government does, though. That's that's behind it everything. It has that done they do. a lot of that. There have been, but I mean, you know, <laughs> but but the thr- but saying like I have a revolver in my hand and okay, and saying so, that if you do this, I'm going to point it at you. That's the same as pointing it at you. Well, because you don't really have a choice to not to disobey. I, 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 you can't I, opt agreed. out. Agreed. You cannot opt out when it comes to the government. But I want you to be able to opt out. I want to create a world where you can secede your piece of property from the greater state that you don't have to pay for service goods and services that you don't want. Mm-hmm. And I think that the most ex- expeditious way to get there is by using the state and telling it and lashing it back into its cage in different areas. And hopefully, um, you know, I, th- I think that. 
that, that I think there's evidence that the New Hampshire House, uh, well, actually, the state of New Hampshire has a budget that is 12 percent lower than it was last year. Mm-hmm. Um, that means that um, rather than cutting off your whole arm, they're cutting off uh, 88 percent of your arm, you know, and uh, that's uh, it's still cutting off their arm. It is. And when it they is. Have- but you don't have the option. Like you understand that if if uh, nobody had voted for these freedom representatives, you don't get the option. If if people had participated in moral fashions by not voting for these uh, liberty oriented reps, mm-hmm. and they hadn't, um, and these liberty oriented reps had participated in a moral fashion, this is your morality, not mine. I don't believe what you're saying is true. Um, had not been there, that you'd just have less of an arm. That they would have just grown the budget, not shrank it. Right. So is what you're advocating for a larger government? No, I'm not advocating for a larger government. I'm just advocating not participating in a system that I'm not comfortable with. If if I don't want to participate in a system and I see that I there, don't think you should have to. I indeed, I I would not claim right, that. Right, but that's everybody the case. everybody in the political system does think that I should have to. That's the basis of government. If, I, if people on. could if opt I, in I, and opt so out. So if I run for office and I will next year, um it's a really? it's a party office, not a uh, political office. So I don't okay. know if that entirely matters. So it would be the Republicans voting for you like the people in the party only the yeah, Whigs only or whatever. A, it, basically setting up a Republican policy, um, Republican policy voting uh, thing. If I run for that and I believe that you should be able to opt out, then the whole system doesn't believe that you should be able to opt, that you shouldn't be able to opt out. 603-435-1105. Call in. Tell me why I'm wrong or tell Stephanie. The Ruger LC9, compact, powerful, and perfect for personal protection. The LC9 is only slightly larger than the popular Ruger LCP, features a checkered grip frame to provide a secure and comfortable grip, and includes a finger grip extension floor plate. The LC9 also has a dovetailed high-visibility three-dot sight system, blued alloy steel barrel, manual safety, and loaded chamber indicator. The LC9. Another innovative American-made product from Ruger. Learn more about the Ruger LC9 at ruger.com slash LC9. Six zero three four three five eleven zero five. It's the live Sunday edition, Free Talk Live. Mark and Stephanie. That's right. Stephanie, can you tell me about the Shrine of Female Listeners? Do you know anything about it? I sure do. I'm actually on there, I think. Are you? Yep. You should be. With the She Talk Live crew, which is no more, but it was a previous show on Sunday Free Talk Live. Anyway, the Shrine is a collection of ladies who have taken the time to send their photograph into Free Talk Live. And it's basically about showing that women listen to the show and women even host the show, like, like me and the She Talk Live crew. It's also to give like uh, our male listeners something to look at, don't you think? <laughs> Straight ones anyway, sure. <laughs> <laughs> and our female uh, lesbian listeners, right? Mm-hmm, sure. Do you think they like that term, lesbian? Is that the wrong term to use? Is it, is it too harsh sounding? Um, There's like a know. B in it. Maybe. Lesbian. <laughs> like you're being a lesbian. Bows. I mean, you know, there's 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 all kinds of terms, and they can oh be boy. used uh, in disparaging <laughs> fashions. And I think that if you say lesbian in the wrong accent, it's it's definitely insult. Lesbian. <laughs> um, maybe we could say women who like women. Yeah, we could say that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Go, what what what's that? J G L B T L G B T. Glob mm-hmm. glob. <laughs> 
Do you think the Free State Project is a good idea? And are you frustrated with the uh, slow rate that it's reaching its 20,000 signer mark? If so, consider this idea. A small group of liberty activists making telephone calls and petitioning in public areas for signers to the Free State Project. We've managed to make this so that we can get signers at a rate of like two to four an hour mm-hmm. if we just have the funding to do it. And that's per per person making it happen. I think I can even drive down the rate, but it, currently I need, you know, I need donations to make this happen. I'm running this um, at least uh, from the side of, of uh, getting the donations and, um, you know, acquiring the lists of people to call, that kind of thing. Go now to freestatenow.com, sponsor one, three, or ten signers. Do it today, please. I intend to drive the rate down on this, but today $35 a signer is what it is. And that's a third of what the Free State Project's paying for a signer in advertising. So, you know, rest assured you're still getting your money's worth. Do it today, freestatenow.com. All right, Mark, I have a question for you. Okay. (laughs) Since you got to ask me a question, I get to ask you one, too. You can ask me all the questions you want. (laughs) So are you advocating that, for me, I don't think politics, participating in politics, doing political activism or getting involved with the system is a way that I want to spend my time. It's not consistent with me living my life with integrity, with the values that I espouse and Mm -hmm. with the the moral, um, you know, standards of behavior that I set for myself. Do you think that I should be doing political activism? Do you think I should be spending my time on it? So I'm t- I'm kind of torn on this one. Mm-hmm. Um, one question, uh, the short answer is I would like you to do as little as vote. You know, just go to the voting booth once every two years and uh, pinch your nose and, and try to help the other liber- liberty activists who are uh, doing other stuff. Here's why. Because I go out and I do lots of outside-the-system activism. I've gotten involved in lots of people's court cases and things like that. I do uh, media outreach, uh, bringing, you know, br- bringing all kinds of media attention to all kinds of people who do outside-the-system activism. Mm-hmm. And you know, I think that if there was some reciprocity, there wouldn't be this thing called a schism in the liberty movement. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the schism is all around this one statement, this one statement. Participation in the political process is immoral. If participation in the political process is icky, then, you know, one might say, look, Mark, I know you find people wearing hats in court icky, but you know that people should be able that, you know, that there's been lots of Quaker activism around this, that uh, people should be able to wear whatever clothing they wish wish to wear in a courtroom, that this is the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. And hey, we support you guys in the political area. Why not come out and support us? Then the weight of sort of guilt and my own, um, you know, moral compass would say, you know, yeah. But instead, um, my but to do something because you feel guilty about it. Guilty. Uh, humans are motivated by all kinds of reasons, and guilt is one reason. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, you know, one may decide. I may decide. You know. I don't have to go out and do any outside-the-system activism because those dirty, rotten anarchists or whatever they may call themselves, those people that don't take baths, smoke pot, and rarely have jobs, um, those people, they never do anything to support us, me, in the political process. So why should I do anything for them? Why should you do anything for them? I mean, you don't have an obligation. Indeed, I don't. You don't owe anyone anything. Indeed, I don't. And that's why, (laughs) why I'm saying that the one statement 
Um, the only statement that I have a problem with, this is the only thing that I'll make any kind of argument about. Um, you know, I'll certainly defend using the uh, political system if that's if somebody wants to, you know, talk to me about it. No, no problem. And by defend, I mean, you know, give my reasons. I don't mean some harsh defense or anything like that um, is the the moral statement. I don't think that it has been proven conclusively, certainly not to me. Mm-hmm. I have never read a conclusive proof. Um, you know, I, uh, Believe me, I listen to Wespertron. I listen to Stefan Molyneux. I listen to these guys that make this powerful statement. And these guys are friggin' geniuses compared to me. There's no doubt. I mean, I can listen to them and I can tell you they're smarter guys than I am. But the fact that smart guys make mistakes, all you have to do is ask their wives They'll tell you they make mistakes. <laughs> Wes doesn't have a wife. Well, Stefan does. Wes has had plenty of girlfriends, and I'm sure they can tell you that he's made mistakes. And it's just a joke. Everybody um, does. You know, having a wife, I know that I made. I, I never realized the depth, breadth, and multitude of mistakes that I made until I had a wife. But the... Um, <laughs> That's just... Okay, go on, Mark. I'm, I'm laughing because it's... Okay, a partner shouldn't be... <laughs> Just berating you for all the so-called mistakes you've made, make, trying to make you feel bad. It's just married jokes, Stephanie. Um, so I, I think that the one statement that it is immoral to participate in the political process, that statement is unconclusive. And until it's conclusive, it shouldn't be trotted out. That's what my, my, my thought is. And, and, and let, until somebody can prove it conclusively to me, and I haven't heard it yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and I haven't even I haven't even heard anything that gets close. The, the 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 closest thing is, you know, the government has always been an organization of force. Uh-huh. And so, therefore, you know that it's going to be an organization of force in the future. So, Indeed, I do. Mm-hmm. That's why I wish to mitigate the strength, power, breadth um, in, you know, invasiveness of that organization. Uh, would I infiltrate the mafia if the mafia uh, was the most, uh, you know, largest organized crime syndicate in the area well we wouldn't call them the mafia we'd call them the government because that's what the largest uh, organized crime syndicate in an area is and yeah i would i would say that Mm. uh you know getting involved in this organization that uses force that claims claims for itself to be uh peopled peopled by the public by the will of the public Mm -hmm. well obviously the first places we have to start all of us agree is education um, you know, and I'm certainly willing to do that. But I think that politics can be a great tool of education. And I think the Ron Paul campaign is a wonderful example of it. So is is Ron Paul is, is uh, you know, sending him some money, sending him around, talking to people, doing these uh, things that he does. The, the very fact that the only reason he gets the attention that he gets is the fact that he's been in Congress for 14 years or whatever and voted consistently his uh, libertarian beliefs all along. Mm -hmm. So he would have been just another dorky libertarian candidate out there if it hadn't have been for his position in the office and his uh, voting record up to that point. Largely non-aggressive voting record. Non-aggressive voting is an oxymoron. No, I don't think it's that that's people true. people wrestling for control of the gun, and it's time to put down the gun. Well, no, <laughs> no, no. Wait, wait. Wrestling for the control of the gun isn't aggressive. Pointing the gun at your neighbor is aggressive. Why so if you... I wrestle the gun and I stick it in my pants and I say, you come one step closer to me and I'm going to blow your damn head off. I haven't been aggressive. <laughs> well, you know... Th- we can probably, you know, it just seems like mental gymnastics to me, all this, all this stuff. I mean, <laughs> you know, the point is that it's 
participating in politics, you can argue that it's not effective or that um, yeah, you, you certainly know, can. I don't want to spend oh. my time doing it because it's not something I enjoy. But Absolutely. I, do, I do think you can also make the moral argument and say that if we don't believe that it's OK to initiate force against someone, then it's not OK to to give that to someone else and let a politician or a government official. I don't do think the government too. should initiate force against anyone. I don't think it should. I do. I think it has the power to anybody with a bigger yeah. weapon has the power to do something to you. Yeah. Now, if well, I Mark, can get, okay. in, if I can get involved in that organization that has that bigger weapon and convince them not to do it, I think that I should do that. I think that that's the best way to do it. What I, if you, know. you can be, you know, on the sidelines saying everybody drop these weapons and let's, you know, it's all I've seen up up to this point is that people sitting on the sidelines are just people sitting on the sidelines. Yeah, I don't know. Was Rosa Parks sitting on the sidelines? Rosa Parks, uh, I'm sure, advocated for the uh, doing away of the legislation that would uh, have caused black people to sit in the back of the bus. I'll bet you she advocated for that. Yeah, but it wasn't doing her any good until she actually broke that unjust law. Thank goodness. And then she had some people that uh, would use the political process to make sure it couldn't be done to anybody else. Well, the government was the one who did it in the first place with the political process. (laughs) 603-435-1105. Governments change every time. That's why they have the, you know, seven. 738 Congress. Nominally changed, but they're still tyrannical. You know that cigarettes will kill you. You've been thinking about giving the e-cigarette a try? There is a healthier option. 22,000 times healthier. Well, listen to this offer from Vaporsmiths.com. A pack-a-day smoker will save $120 a month. So you already start being richer, feeling healthier, and smelling better. What more could you want? How about a free starter kit? Just purchase 40 cartomizers with coupon code FTL. Free shipping on orders of $60 or more. 855-2-GET-VAPOR or go to Vaporsmiths.com. Free Talk Lives, live Sunday edition. Mark and Stephanie, and uh, you know we're we're pretty much doing this every Sunday. I was off mm-hmm. the, uh, we, uh, you know, just saying that I was off last week apparently sparked the whole hours with conversation between <laughs> you and I. But That's I was okay, off Mark. last week, but uh, we are doing it to it. Uh, I spoke with Ian, I think, or maybe it was last week or the week before about what GCN uh, intended to do regarding, um, you know, bringing Free Talk Live on. Mm-hmm. I can't say I'm not going to say definitively when they're expecting to do it but you can you know like the the number is in weeks and it's less than five Uh, you know i I, I, hopefully that'll put us in the right realm i don't know whether it will or not um you know it could be i could be wrong it could take them a little longer but i think that it i think it could be within two weeks think Hopefully, then we'll um, and then once it's up on the satellite, radio stations have already said they'll take it. Um, cool. XM is teetering on the, uh, the the brink of taking a free talk live. Nice. Well, I, I heard a rumor that we might even be on a community station tonight. That's so. correct. We are on a community station, at least one. I, I'll bet we're on many. Yeah, across, probably more across than the United one. States, but for sure. You know, the bigger the the more wattage they have, the bigger reach they have. You know, I hope. We're reaching new people with the ideas of liberty. Absolutely. That's my goal. Anyway, um, you know, Stephanie, there's it's hard to avoid certain stories. Uh, the, this Rupert Murdoch uh, story, and I don't know why Rupert Murdoch's name necessarily gets tied to this. Uh, one of the newspapers that he 
uh, owned a controlling interest in or owned or something like that. Mm-hmm. Had People a pra- love to hate on him, by the way, because he owns a lot of newspapers, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. And they say he's got political, ideological motivations for uh, tweaking the content and stuff like that. But anyway, go on. I've I'm got sorry. them, too. <laughs> yeah, <me too. laughs> you know, I tweak the content of my show. I'm a bad, bad man. I think we're a little bit more upfront about being biased, though. <laughs> but anyway, continue on with the summary. Hold on, I got a call here. Sorry, I put it on. Hold. <laughs> it sounded like you were stretching <laughs> to reach that call. Figuring it out. It's my first call of the evening. I had to figure out how to put it on hold. <laughs> um, so anyway, I, I'm not going to take it until uh, next segment because that's how we do it here on the Sunday that's show. That's how we roll until we uh, get to GCN taking them, and we could take them, you know. On time, but that's that's how it's going. So anyway, Rupert, uh, he well, you know, does he? I don't. I wouldn't claim that he changed. You know, bends his news. I don't know. You know, some people can claim that, then they don't, or whatever. But in I this think case, everybody does. Every journalist or journalistic company is biased in some way. But you know, the better thing is to be upfront and honest about the biases rather than claiming to be objective because no one can truly be objective. I think that you can try to be ob- objective. You can mm-hmm. try your best, um, but you know, all that's all you can do is try. Mm-hmm. So um, I guess they were hacking into the phones of people in in England and maybe maybe in the United States too. This uh, newspaper of theirs, um, you know, and and looking at apparently there's uh, there was this uh, girl that died and they erased uh, some messages in hopes of finding out more things about you know perhaps who killed her. News, mm. just news. They mm-hmm. wanted some news, yeah. um, and that they erased some messages in her in her phone and then they listened to the phones of people who were. Uh, you know, soldiers in Afghanistan and, mm-hmm. you know, all kinds of victims of all kinds of terrible things, politicians, celebrities, and they just hacked some phones and that was their <laughs> practice. And yeah. we don't know how high the hacking, uh, you know, meme went in this newspaper, mm-hmm. but uh, lots of heads have been put on platters at this point. And um, now the United States C- Congress critters are getting into it. And certainly the, um, you know, the 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 ones over in England, they're in, you know, looking into it. Of course, these are the same people that have received huge campaign uh, contributions from this same guy, Rupert Murdoch. Yeah, absolutely. So one might question, you know, how how deep are they looking? And here's no, not the part- to mention the campaign contributions, but the support. I mean, isn't he known for being notoriously pro-war? You know, constantly touting all this support the troops and pro-war rhetoric. Frankly, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I don't know that much about the guy. I mean, somebody would probably claim that I'm on his payroll. Uh, you know, whatever. I don't know anything about this guy or what his uh, his gig is. And But, I, you know, I guess I have one point that kind of bugs me about this. Lots of people are up in arms about him hacking into the phones. And I think, or not him, but I mean his newspaper and, you know, I guess his son is at the, maybe at the, the really the, the apex of the, the, mm-hmm. the problems here or whatever. But, you know, uh, the, I, I think this is despicable behavior. Would you agree? Uh, yes. Yeah. It's it's not respecting people's privacy, for one. And it's dishonest. <laughs> Don't you think the government's been hacking into people's phones, reading people's emails and Absolutely. doing all this stuff for, for as long as we've had the phones and emails? Yeah, there's Don't the NSA. Don't you think NSA. the government uses it uh, to find people, uh, people of interest for whatever reason? They use their phones, their GPS. Yep. They hunt them down. How come it's bad for the um, the people in the free market or whatever to do it, but it's okay for the government. I'm not saying yeah. it's okay for the newspapers to do it. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that it's... There's a double standard. You're pointing out the double double standard. And I, I see this as a theme in almost every news story that comes out, especially recently. I mean, 
I remember last night, you know, there was a big story that y'all were discussing on Free Talk Live about a woman who uh, touched a TSA agent's breast after she like grabbed it and twisted it hard, as I understand it. Mm -hmm. But not that different from what the TSA agents do to people on a daily basis all day, every day. And I think your intention was to show uh, to teach a lesson. And that always works with humans, right? (laughs) Well, (laughs) I mean. I, I believe in restorative or restitutive justice rather than punishment. But but certainly what she did proved a point that there is a huge double standard yes. between what the government does, in this case, one particular arm of the government, the TSA, and uh, it's the groping arm with the groping hand on the end, right? <laughs> and, uh, you know, she's she's showing that there is a double standard. When a TSA agent touches someone... If it's the long someone, arm of the law, it's the, the groping hand of the TSA? Uh-huh, I yeah. See. It's the groping hand on the long arm of the law, gotcha. Yeah, and then the, the listening ear of the NSA wiretapping yeah. or whatever. I mean, it, just the point is that governments do all kinds of things, Um you know, they hacked into the phones of soldiers, but nobody's out crying about all the innocent people, um, you know, a million people, innocent people who've been killed in the Middle East and who've been subject to sanctions, children starving, who are completely innocent, completely civilians. I mean, no one's in an, in an uproar about that kind of thing, but they are in an uproar about, you know, tapping these soldiers' phones. And not that the, sold, the wiretapping on the part of Rupert Murdoch's company is is right by any means, but it just seems like people have been so trained to accept this double standard and say, oh, it's fine. Anything the government does is okay. But when you do it, no, it's a different story. Now, what would you say to people that would say something like, well, you know, this, the situation with these, uh, the, these newspapers hacking into people's phone, that's the free market. That's, (laughs) that's, you know, that's what would happen. You know, you've got no government to control businesses. We need government to control evil businesses. Um, you know, in this, in this case, that's what government's for. Well, one, the government does the exact same thing in the form of the, the NSA and who, who knows what there are all these. But they're representing us, the people, when they do that. (laughs) I'm not in that people. (laughs) I don't want to listen to people's phone conversations. I don't want to get an earful of that. And I don't want them listening to mine, frankly. Yep. I mean, it's not like I have anything to hide. They're probably going to hear a lot of, um, oh, hi, mom, how you doing? That kind of thing when they listen to my, my phone conversations. Thanks for the birthday card, that kind of thing. But um, I, I don't want some bureaucrat listening in. And, uh, you know, you were saying, what would I say to someone who says this is the free market? Well, no, it's it's not the free market. It's someone um, committing deception fraud they're they're still doing something wrong Where's the fraud out of curiosity um so it's uh, stealing libertarians don't like people stealing killing or committing fraud where is what is the where does this fit into that category uh-huh. is this uh breaking into someone's virtual private property their person's papers and effects is that what that is uh yeah i think it's um uh, i think it's it's definitely a breach of confidence it's it's um not respecting privacy. Now I know, I know. There's no contract between you know you. And- there's no contract with anybody who comes up to my door, sh- Jimmy's the lock, goes goes into my house and goes through my filing cabinet, right? Well, sure, yeah, but that's um, you know, there's property rights, and mm-hmm. I think um, things like telephone conversations and stuff like that kind of fall under the property rights realm. And you know, I guess you could argue if you're on an unsecured internet connection and someone looks at it, then maybe you're not doing all you can to protect well, I, your privacy. Well, I think one but- could argue that if you put a bag of um, a million dollar bag of cash sitting mm-hmm. on the seat of your convertible with the top down, that you deserve your money. To- being stolen. Nah, Even it's still wrong to steal it, but you're making it easy it. for yeah. it to be you're stolen. Right. But in so, this case, the people thought they were having private conversations and they uh, they were not. 
Indeed. Seems reasonable to me. 603-435-1105, Free Talk Live, Sunday edition. On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation, investment, and barter currency. We've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some great rates on some hand-picked gold and silver pieces. U.S. Eagles, British Sovereigns, 20 Francs, Lakota Nation Silver Rounds, Montana Silver Reserves, and Walking Liberty Halves. Call 877-857-9938 or go to gold.freetalklive.com. The shipping is the same for one as it is for 20, so try to get as many as you can all at once. Gold.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live's live Sunday edition, 603-435-1105. It's Mark. And Stephanie. And, uh, you know, you might be listening live on the internet or listening on uh, some community radio station somewhere in America. I don't know where. (laughs) But uh, Free Talk Live offers a lot, a lot of content for you if you've got an MP3 player or uh, something uh, or a computer that can play MP3 files. If you uh, have a job where perhaps you can listen to something and uh, you know keep your mind busy while you do some task or another, or have no job, <laughs> or have no job at all, and you know want to do this while you work out, while you commute, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Free Talk Live's got a lot of content for you, and it's completely free. You don't have to pay anything for it. Just go to archives.freetalklive.com. We've got MP3 archives going back to 2006 there for you. That's a lot of archives. Archives.freetalklive.com. And, you know, there's not, I, I, I venture to say, not too many radio programs out there offering that to you. Free archives no, going yeah. back uh, five or six years. I know that there's some podcasts that do it, certainly Liberty podcasts that do it, but, um, you know, a lot of them. Still charge even podcasts will charge you for back uh, episodes. So archives.freetalklive.com. Also, get your liberty message out to thousands of people a month for fractions of a penny a piece. Do it from the back of your car with libertystickers.com. They have hundreds and hundreds of different liberty sayings there. You can check them out. Let your voice be heard. It's libertystickers.com. I've got a sticker from them on the back of my car. Um, as a matter of fact, I had a guy who was uh, out cutting some trees at my house. I can cut trees down, but, you know, when you start talking about power lines and, uh, you know, maybe them falling on the house, they lean the wrong direction, that kind of thing. Mm. It's probably worth calling a professional. You know, mm. the <laughs> couple of thousand dollars I spent to fell maybe 60 trees, they, they really gave me a, a, what I felt like was a deal. I really only paid them for a few trees and then kind of got these other trees in a bargain because hmm. I couldn't do anything with these trees. I just couldn't do anything with these myself. And uh, the guy's like, I love your bumper sticker. Can you? Where can I get one of those? LibertyStickers.com. <laughs> Is that the one that says Obama has dropped more Yeah, it's um, fired cruise more cruise missiles. missiles than all the other Peace Prize uh, winners combined. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's I actually, an awesome one. Yeah. yeah it's, I, I really do enjoy it. Yeah. So, um we have a story here from uh, what it was Austria. Oh yes, I think it was Austria. Let me pull that up real quick. Did you have something else you wanted to say on the uh, Murdoch Murdoch situation? Or well, uh, I, did, I you, did kind did we of beat that one into the dirt. I kind of did want to clarify something that okay. I said, and it was about is this fraud? I, I initially said that you know this this uh, non consensual wiretapping of people's phones, hacking into people's phones, uh, was fraud, and I think 
that was not accurate. I think it's more akin to force. It certainly is non-consensual. And um, as people who volu- who value voluntary interactions and want all human actions to be uh, interactions to be consensual, I think that we would definitely agree that hacking into someone's phone is is not a consensual act. You know, I've always wondered about this consensual thing. Yeah. <laughs> is what if I consent to something and say a contract, uh, you know, Stephanie, I, um, you know, I'll, I'll mow your lawn for you. And if I don't mow it, you can poke me in the eye. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it's a weird contract. Right. But then yeah. when it comes to the time when I haven't mowed the lawn by, you know, whatever date mm-hmm. when I, I haven't mowed the lawn, then I'm like, no, no, I don't want my eye poked anymore. Yeah. At what point is it consensual or not consensual? Well, you can certainly change your mind. You can consent to something at one point and then revoke your consent. And I think all contracts, to be valid contracts, have to have some kind of right of exit, right? Mm-hmm. Do you agree with that? Um, usually con- good contracts do have that. But, I mean, you know, the, there's sort of stipulations for, you know, I'm going to pay you $50. You're mm-hmm. going to mow my lawn. And if you don't mow my lawn, then uh, by such and such a date, then I poke you in the eye or whatever. Yeah. I, personally, I wouldn't sign a contract that said um, I can poke you in the eye right. if you don't mow my lawn. Mm-hmm. I would probably want um, the... If you didn't mow my lawn, then you give me my $50 back or $55 or something like that. didn't want to give the $55 back. I don't consent to that. Mm-hmm. You know, they, 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 these things make it tough, and these are the, some of the finer points of the uh, the consent argument um, yeah. to be had. I've, uh, you know, w- I would, would that, that affect my uh, credit rating with uh, other people? I would hope that we could work it out between us, honestly. And I, I would hope that I'd be able to explain to you that. Hey, you know, I, I paid you this money and I worked pretty hard for it and I wanted to get my lawn mowed and I understand that you weren't able to meet that obligation. So please give me my money back and, you know, we'll call it we'll call it a day. We'll call it even. And, you know, I think that would work in the vast majority of cases. I think that especially if you and I are friends, we want to preserve our relationship, then, um, you know, we have an incentive to reach a solution that doesn't involve, you know, me telling everyone, hey, Mark breaks his word. He Sometimes you do business with people that aren't your friends. I, you know, I didn't want to sure. sidetrack this. This is a very interesting story we've got. Let's let's go on with that. And oh, sure, okay. So I, um, I'm doing a bad thing by sidetracking stuff here. No, it's okay. We we have a lot of interesting discussions <laughs> on Free Talk Live. <laughs> okay, so this is an interesting story, and we thought maybe it would lead to some interesting uh, follow up discussion. It's from the Huffington Post, and it's filed under the weird news category, and it says religion compares compels this man to wear a spaghetti strainer on his head. Nico Alm, a self-described pastafarian, has been given the right to wear a colander on his head in his Austrian driver's license photo, according to the BBC. Have you ever heard of these pastafarians, Mark? Sure. Pastafarian is uh, somebody that would claim to be a follower of the flying spaghetti monster, which is this kind of uh, tongue-in-cheek poke at uh, people's religions. Um, I think specifically the Kansas school board. Um, But, you know, that, that... we, that's a, a question best answered by Wikipedia, not by yeah. me. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, but, you're, you're right. Pastafarian is basically making fun of most religions. And yes. they, I've seen them or heard them often kind of try to get away with things that, you know, often people who are religious are given a pass in society to do things that are unusual or strange. Yes, indeed. Uh, they <laughs> or can wear strange like, clothing. and Yeah, or even things like not pay taxes, right? I mean, churches don't get charged tax, property taxes on, on those buildings and stuff like that. And I think that uh, part of the... I think it's a good thing. Well, I, I like it when anyone can not pay property taxes, but uh, I, I just 
Don't but want I think anyone. That we to... should all be able to uh, claim our homes as parishioners. I mean, we all have some kind of religious philosophy, whether it's uh, psychological or uh, philosophical or actually religious or something like that. So why shouldn't we all have uh, what parsonages? Well, why, why should we need a religious excuse? I mean, why shouldn't atheists be able to claim that they're a sovereign individual and they own their property they, and? At that, point, the government. at that point, there's so few atheists that would go um, and claim it in that direction. Why not give it just to, the, to them? I mean, you'd only be you would only be taxing them anyway. Because so, why not uh, let them all do it? Uh, but <laughs> I, I don't think I, I I don't think I could pretend to believe in something that I don't believe in in order to not pay property taxes. Although it's a dilemma well, because I really don't want to pay property taxes. Now let me uh, you know I think that I think this is interesting. Okay, so a noun is what a person, place, thing, or idea, right? Sure. Okay. And uh, religion is kind of this worship of noun or nouns, um, you know, whether it's uh, a personage in the form of God, but God's this kind of weird ethereal personage. So, you know, or gods, um, and they're all sort of weird and ethereal. So, you know, are they really people or are they something different? Are they what's? Um, are they things think, or people? I think they're things because okay. people say that God is distinct from men or whatever. That's, I think deities have a specific definition. But, so if there was a, um, so is a chimpanzee a person or is it a thing? Uh, it's an animal. Thing? Person? Uh, and thing, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm just wondering, I mean, if, if, some, if there's a higher intelligence out there, something that's a, a more powerful and higher, is it a, still, is it a person? You can listen to Free Talk Live on the radio via podcast, the webcam, and our live streams at freetalklive.com. Not enough options? Now you can listen to Free Talk Live from any phone, anywhere. Add this number to your phone, 760-569-7752. It's a long-distance call, so make sure you're familiar with your phone's calling plan. The Free Talk Live listen lines are airing the latest episode of Free Talk Live 24 hours a day, including our live shows. Call 760-569-7752. That's 760-569-7752. Free Talk Lives, live Sunday edition, 603-435-1105. It's Mark with you. And Stephanie. You know, um, you, you can go to freetalklive.com. You can uh, take a look at uh, you know all the different things we have there for you. And well, one thing we've got is the ability to promote Free Talk Live. Some folks uh, want to get involved in Free Talk Live. They can't afford the AMP program, um, or they can't afford the AMP program, but they want their loved ones, friends, and even people they've never met to listen to Free Talk Live because they believe, and I think they're right, <laughs> that Free Talk Live is one of the single best delivery methods for the ideas of liberty not only do we uh you know we integrate them into what must be a passably entertaining program because it's now on 108 radio stations across the country well you can promote free talk live uh get other people to hear these ideas at promote.freetalklive.com we've got lots of different ways that you can uh, do that that'll uh you know hopefully be effective ways to reach people it's promote.freetalklive.com also If you're interested in camping, hunting, or shooting, and getting some gear to do such things, ManVentureOutpost.com carries knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, tactical flashlights, fish finders, boating equipment, and more. 
ManVentureOutpost.com. They're family-owned and members in good standing of the Better Business Bureau. Many, they carry many of the major name brands in, uh, in, you know, the, in, the, in these arenas, camping, hunting, fishing. Some prices are so low some from some of these major name brands that they can't even mention them on air. Get an additional 5% off with coupon code FTL. That'll cover shipping, I would suspect. Get it quick. Get it from ManVentureOutpost.com. What's a fish finder? It is like a little sonar thing that will Ooh. give you some idea that um, you know that, that there are fish beneath you. So if you uh, you know if if the sonar is pinging downward and there's you know movement beneath you that doesn't seem like the floor of the water, then you know there's fish, right? Huh. Well, there might be like reeds or there might know, be seaweed or stuff. like there that. There might be. <laughs> <laughs> I bet it has some kind of technology. I just think it's cool and interesting. I've never heard of a fish finder before. Yeah, well, they they certainly certainly exist. Yeah. So anyway, if you're looking for a fish finder for your boat, you gotta really have a boat to have a fish finder. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or at least be able to rent one. <laughs> <laughs> I suspect if you're renting one, that'll probably come with it. I don't know if it's a fishing boat. So anyway, we were talking about this uh, fella um, in Austria having mm-hmm. some kind of pastafarian win here. Did we yes. ever get to say what the win was? Uh, basically, he's been given the right by the Austrian government to wear a colander or a spaghetti strainer on his head yes. in his Austrian driver's license Which photo. it's got to be the funniest thing I've heard all week. Oh, there's a picture of it on this article from yeah. the Huffington Post, and it's pretty funny. <laughs> he's, he's looking at the camera completely serious, uh, not even cracking a smile totally straight face with a pasta strainer on his head and it's <laughs> the handles out to the side like like one of those yo boys with the brim of the hat out to the side that's hilarious <laughs> it's pretty good <laughs> so he says he wrote on his blog my religious head covering is recognized as such by the republic of austria <laughs> i really really like that <laughs> so what i was trying to make the case for um y- you uh, being the uh, the good atheist that you are, you know, totally <laughs> j- j- shy away from this whole idea of calling something a, a religion. But I think it's I, I think it's interesting. Um, so, if a religion is the worship of a person, could it be the worship of a thing? Um, well, I, actually, I pulled up the di- dictionary definition of religion. Maybe this will help clarify. I'm smarter than whoever wrote that, but go ahead. <laughs> Okay, so uh, it's a noun, religion. The first definition is a set of beliefs concerning the the cause, nature, and purpose of the universe, especially when considered as the creation of a superhuman agency or agencies, usually involving devotional and ritual observations or observances, sorry, and often containing a moral code governing the conduct of human affairs. Okay, yeah, I'd say that that's largely it, but uh, you know, it's it's also uh, they said that worship's involved. Uh, they say superhuman, um, you yep. know. Yep. I, I, I think that, you know, superhuman can be left up to uh, sort of uh, interpretation. We have mm-hmm. lots of evidence from uh, sort of the um, what what kind of uh, record here? Uh, uh, you know, archaeological record, the fossil record. Yeah. Fossil record of people mm-hmm. worshiping things uh-huh. um, like know, fire or like animals little or... fat women um you know idols um things like that oh, the fertility goddess the fertility goddess yes she's cute yeah well you know it depends on the what's left of her of these little carvings yeah. and these, uh, things um and there's no evidence that they were in fact worshiping some that this was an idol of some you know greater supernatural being it's just the only evidence we have is that you know they were worshiping this thing and mm-hmm. the idol may have been a representation, but we don't know that. So we have, we do have evidence that people wor- worship persons and they worship things. Um, can they worship places? 
Some might make the argument uh, there's that there's like a holy city, right? Jerusalem, yep, uh, Mecca, holy, holy city. Some might yeah. might make the argument that uh, well, if you can wor- worship things, you can wor- worship a place. Mm-hmm. Um, and it certainly looks like those Muslims bowing towards Mecca is worshiping that. Yeah. Um, and lots of people, you know, the Jews consider the Wailing Wall to be very important. So places can be important. Um, so then the question is, can you worship an idea? Uh, can you hold it in some level of reverence? And I hold ideas in reverence. I, I hold the ideas of liberty in reverence. The ideas that uh, I would not aggress the non-aggression principle to me is a uh, it's it's an important phrase an idea. What does it mean to worship? Though? Well, what's it, what's it mean to hold it in reverence? That like that that phrase is more important than other phrases. I hold it above other phrases. Reverence connotes respect. I do to respect me. the uh, the the uh, non-aggression principle. Yep. I think that uh, you Do you know, think it uh, do you think reverence also connotes like groveling like this is better than you or you are less than it or whatever? I think that I've I've learned from that statement. It has something to teach me. Mm-hmm. Um so and and certainly people will hold the Bible as though it is a reverent thing and yep. it is words um yeah. ideas. So, I I I kind of bristle at at the term like I worship the okay, worship maybe principle. maybe not be the best uh, <laughs> but but to hold to hold it as more important and more valuable than other ideas. Well, I believe it, it's true so, and I value truth so it's so better than a false have ideas. Have I given you enough reason to join the uh, church of uh, truth or the church of the non-aggression principle so that no. you can avoid paying property taxes? No. No. no well, no. sorry. <laughs> I it's don't best wanna... I can do. I was trying to save you some money. <laughs> I just want to abolish property taxes then we won't need to use religion as an excuse. Like. I think that uh, you know, I think that I, I would like to see property taxes abolished. I'd like to and see all taxes any, abolished. Yeah, yeah, any tax at all. I think that there's an argument to be made for taxes on corporations. Corporations are entities created by the government. The government would therefore philosophically only have the power to tax what it creates. Okay, let's abolish corporations too. <laughs> I don't think you'd need to. I think you just need to tax them. I think that uh, you. Would... I, can't, I can't get behind that. Sorry. <laughs> well, if you if you tax corporations right now, if you go into business, like mm-hmm. if if you're thinking about doing some kind of business you have no reason in the world not to go into uh, to incorporate because other than the money um, but you can make that argument. So you're saying that a corporation is created by the government and is protected by the government and so should be taxed by the government to pay for those services of yes. protection. So you could you could make that argument for anything, right? Like uh, the government the government doesn't create anything else. Well, but it it paves it uh, it paves the roads and I, you know, I might use the roads because they're the only option, so therefore it's legitimate for them to tax me. And well, it, it, no, the government it's uh, a service. It's providing a service. Offers protection in particular. It, it does offer a service, but I would, but it doesn't really allow anyone else to offer that same service. Yep. Um, but no one else is allowed to create corporations or protect corporations, right? Oh, they can. They can create little pieces of paper. They just won't be recognized by the government. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the problem with the government: is an agency that uh, does not allow uh, that that claims for itself monopolies in certain arenas. Yeah. And so only its corporations are going to uh, be of value Mm -hmm. you can try to uh, pave your own roads but uh, you know the government's going to give you hell uh, trying to do such a thing unless it's like a a private drive or a private uh, driveway or private road yeah there are some i mean in new hampshire i have friends that live on private roads sure and they share with their neighbors the responsibility of kind of leveling if it's a dirt road they level Mm -hmm. it every spring or or winter or something like that before the winter and uh you know some of them pay for paving and Plowing and plowing, like yeah, maintenance. Yeah, in my town, many of these, many of many of the roads are essentially shared driveways. Uh, I mean, it's it's disgusting that I, as a you know member of my town, have to pay to 
plow these people's <laughs> shared driveways. I've never gone down the majority of the roads in the town that I live in. Yeah. Free Talk Live, Sunday edition, 603-435-1105. We wouldn't be where we are without our amplifiers. Their $3 per month helps us spread Free Talk Live and gets them access to perks at amp.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live's live Sunday edition. It's Mark with you. And Stephanie. Uh, go check out shop.freetalklive.com. It is a way for you to support Free Talk Live and uh, some of the ideas that we support. We have uh, their links to go to amazon.freetalklive.com. Um, you can, or I, I'm not supposed to say that. That's bad. <laughs> we have links there for you to go to Amazon. <laughs> and uh, you know, when you shop, we get a percentage of what uh, you shop for. Don't worry. We really do get it. Uh, I know. I get a portion of it. Also, <laughs> um, there is a link there to New Egg. And when you shop there, a portion of that uh, of what you pay goes to the CD Evolution Fund, which is an organization that both Ian and I are board members on, support, and uh, really are into. A guy, uh, I think. Name, I think his name was Richard. He came up with the idea. Just a listener. Send us an idea. We thought it was a good one and, you know, moved forward with it. He, he I think he, he f- backed it financially initially, which mm-hmm. uh, was really great. Cool. And so, you know, this this is how things can get done. So <laughs> it is shop.freetalklive.com. Well, you know, I just bought a bunch of stuff on the on those, both of those links, the Newegg link and the um, Amazon link, because I'm setting up a uh, little studio for myself to do my podcast, Pork Therapy, from. And uh, maybe some other content as well will come out of there. Yeah. Excellent. Um, Free State Project. How would you describe it, Stephanie? The most awesome thing ever. <laughs> Best decision I ever made. <laughs> it's a uh, it's a way to get 20,000 or more liberty-loving individuals to move to New Hampshire and affect uh, social change to get more freedom in our lifetimes. Yeah, I, I think I'm dropping that 20,000 number. Free okay. State Project is... Um, Fair enough. There's yeah. a lot that's happened with just maybe a thousand people who have early movers yep. who have moved here early. So much has happened, and I think so much more will happen. And we'll, uh, you know, certainly the state is moving in the direction of liberty. It's the freest state in the union. Yeah. Um, it's going to get freer. And if more people who are active for the ideas of liberty pick up and move their lives, it's going to happen faster. It's mm-hmm. already happening. So if you're excited about the ideas of liberty, New Hampshire's the place for you. Yeah. If you're not excited about the, the ideas of liberty, it's not the place for you. <laughs> Stay where you are, please. <laughs> Goodbye, bye. <laughs> yeah. I, I have to say, even just living here for five years, I've noticed a big change. And I think a lot of that comes from being surrounded by people who get the ideas of freedom and who are into it. I mean, freedom is probably uh, one of the most important things in my life. I have to say, I, you know, I really value these principles and finding people who also value those principles and who I can connect with on a deep level has greatly improved my quality of life. And I, I take every opportunity to surround myself with people who whose ideas are compatible with my own. We've got lots of that, uh, you know, here. That's how that's how my life is. I get to do business with these people. I get to uh, hang out with these people. And, yeah. you know, uh, it's it's like any community. There's some you like more than others. There's some you get along with more than others. But I uh, made friendships, I'm sure, that will last, last me a lifetime here. And I'm, uh, mm. you know, pleased with my move. Initially, 
uh, moving from Florida to, from you know sort of a cosmopolitan uh, wealthy section of Florida to sort of a, uh, a rural um, you know New England town. There were a lot of uh, changes for me that you know went on, but you know it's home to me now, and the lifestyle is what is one that I wouldn't trade. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I see all those folks that are down in Florida, and <laughs> I just kind of chuckle to myself as their taxes go up, <laughs> as their economy's dead. You know, and it's not it's not going to get any better. But at least they don't have to deal with the snow, right? Yep, yeah. Well, there's I I wish that uh, there was some way that we could handle snow up here, but you know, frankly. You can deal with snow on a lesser and a greater extent in New Hampshire. I, I decided um, on living out in the woods. And so I've got a 440-foot driveway that has to be plowed by a truck. There's really not too many other options. I suppose you could try a tractor, but it doesn't work very well. Snowblower? No way. No, <laughs> no way. Not only if you have hours and hours to no. dedicate to this. I have huge areas that need to be plowed. Um and, you know, I've, I've got to go up and down that driveway. The snow's uh, inevitably in February, the snow, that snow is going to freeze into a ice. It's going to be a toboggan run in some area in there. I've got to, got to be sanded and salted and all these things. But you really have to do that. You don't have to do that if yeah. you live in, say, a metropolitan area, Keene or uh, Manchester. Manchester or something like that. These things, there are ways to avoid having to deal with snow and ice, or at least on the, the scale that I have to. Mm-hmm. You know, you get a covered garage, you never have to you know, scrape your car. Yep. If you, uh, you know, I do have a covered garage, maybe uh, you're, you know, when you rent, your landlord comes and clears out the area in front of the garage. Mm-hmm. Um, so, or if you don't rent, you get a little snow blur, you know, the, you blow it out a little <laughs> bit and, you know, life's good or, or you pay somebody to do it. They'd be happy to do it for you for $20, $30 or something like that. It's interesting, uh, the, uh, the agorism, let's say, that happens with snow plowing in the winter because, you know, there are companies who do it and they have whatever licensing and fees that, but they're also just, you know, teenagers who do it and oh, yeah. they get paid 15 bucks for the driveway or whatever and everybody wins out and, you know, they, they don't need a license or a permit or a ta- paying taxes to, uh, to plow your driveway. Yeah. They really just need to show up and get rid of the snow. Yeah, so. I will take, I will trade, um, the sunshine for tyranny any day. Yeah, um, me too. Or, what, what's the trade here exactly? I will trade snow for tyranny. Yes, you can have the tyranny. I'll take the snow. There, <laughs> that's what it is. I'll trade snow for tyranny any day. Well, I and, prefer and, it didn't other- fall from the sky, but, you know, it does. And it's beautiful when it first falls, by the way. Yes. There are times when it's just wonderful. There and are you other can times do skiing, really annoying, snowboarding, yeah. lots of ice people skating. love that stuff. Yeah, snow, snow, what snowmobiling is another big one. Uh huh. Yeah, that's and, not a physical exercise, but it's certainly fun and beautiful yeah, and all people that. People dig it. Yeah, and you know, another point I wanted to make about this is that in other places, in other areas of the country, like I, I see some, I have some Facebook friends who live in the south of of the U.S. and they're all posting on Facebook now. Oh my goodness, it's so oh, hot! Yeah. Oh, I can't leave my house. It's so hot, and they, you know, they have air conditioning just like we have heat in the winter in New Hampshire. Air conditioning is so. a little cheaper than heat. And you don't have to shovel snow well, or sh- if, shovel uh, if you've sunshine. you've got a wood break, <laughs> you don't have to, sh- <laughs> unless you're blowing it up someone's pant leg, right? <laughs> well, Wish somebody would do that for me. <laughs> the point is, yeah, I mean, you know, even there are even ways to heat your home cheaply. Like, like you were just telling me, Mark, you 
took those trees that were felled and you're going to burn the wood. Yes, so. I am. There, um, you know, there's there's cheaper and more expensive ways to do it. I'm not 100 percent sure that I'm even still down to what I used to pay as far as air conditioning. Mm-hmm. But air, but power has gotten to be more than what I remember in Florida. It's been five years since yeah. I lived in Florida. So yeah. this is how the human mind tricks us yep. to some extent. I remember having electricity bills that were below a hundred dollars. I haven't had those since I've moved up here. As mm-hmm. a matter of fact, a kilowatt hour up in New Hampshire is generally more than it is in most states. Huh. That's sad. But it's something that I think the free market can handle once we get a more of a free market in that area. Then we need some competition and those things will be handled. But that's the idea of the Free State Project, to make New Hampshire, which is the freest state, even more free. Mm -hmm. And if our ideas are right, like this is an experiment. Libertarians really believe that their ideas are right. Mm -hmm. They'll be emphatic. They'll they'll yell. They'll scream. they'll, They'll shake their fists at their family and friends about how their ideas are right. But if they're not willing to do anything about those ideas, then... I guess they're just a crotchety old coot. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe they're not old. They're just coot status. We're just offending people left and right. What? (laughs) Calling people a coot. Coot. (laughs) What's that all about? I'm not sure. So are we done with this uh, Austrian guy with the colander on his head? Uh, Well, one part that I didn't read about this article was that... um, it wasn't, and it was a kind of an uphill battle for him to be able to wear the colander on his head and the driver's license photo. Uh-huh, I bet. I um, mean, you know, the government doesn't want you to be able to do that, but if they're going to allow other religions, uh, religious organizations, to wear yeah. certain headgear, I mean, I know Jewish people wear that little, uh, the yarmulke, little co- coaster on the top oh, of their don't head. Don't get me started on Judaism. <laughs> Are you? I was Murphy? raised Jewish. Murphy. My mother's Jewish. My uh-huh. father is not Jewish. Okay. He's essentially non-religious. Uh-huh. And uh, they they sent me to Hebrew school when I was a kid, and you know I, I had a lot of negative um, experiences there, and uh, you know saw a lot of contradictions in the religion. That uh, you know it's it's not okay to um, be an organ donor after you die and and donate your organs to help save someone else's life. It's interesting. It's not okay to pierce your ears or get a tattoo or anything like that. Uh, but but it is okay. But it is okay to cut off the tip of a baby boy's penis who cannot consent and is a it's a healthy tissue. So There's um, an interesting <laughs> sect of Judaism that uh, the priest will use his mouth uh mixing red wine uh, with the t- you know he'll put his mouth over the, uh, the Oh and the during the bris. During yeah. the bris over the boy's penis as that he has just circumcised and sort of mix the blood with the wine. I've heard of do- this and I've heard of a baby, you know, getting um getting the herpes virus from this, but oh, yeah. and it was in one news report, and I think I'm not sure how often that actually happens. I think it might the be the herpes a, virus or the uh... no the the ritual um, with the circumcision. But okay. I mean, it's it's not unique to Judaism. I don't want to sound like I'm picking on Judaism. All religions are full of inconsistencies sure and abuses and oh, horrors yeah. and untruths and lies. I'd say and Judaism's hang-ups. pretty good um, on the list. Uh, you know, my, my experience it, is it doesn't that... have a lot of the sexual hangups that some of the you know Catholicism and Mormonism. And uh, I just read a study that was um, about atheism and uh, and uh, sexual well-being, and uh, they were saying that people who have rejected religion have greater greater sexual health and well-being. You know, I may have rejected uh, the religion that I was raised in, and I don't, you know, I wouldn't think that my religion has any kind of sexual hang-ups, but I still, I'm constantly bargaining with this God of my youth, Mm -hmm. constantly dealing with him. Let's talk about that when we get back. 603-435-1105.
Liberty Maniacs is the largest online Liberty brand. Featured the most comprehensive selection of original posters, stickers, apparel, embroidered hats, and over 100 different products from around the world. From hilarious satire to hard-hitting artistic commentary, Liberty Maniacs is devoted to outfitting the Liberty movement with intelligent, eye-catching, and fashionable gear that expresses your personal dedication to Liberty. Best of all, Liberty Maniacs offers a no-hassle money-back guarantee on all products. LibertyManiacs.com. Wear something worth saying. It's Free Talk Live's Live Sunday edition. Mark. And Stephanie. Bringing it to you. You know, uh, know, Free Talk Live's, I think, one of the only programs out there that's providing you seven nights a week of uh, live content just about every night, just about every day of the year. Mm -hmm. There are a few days of the year that we don't manage to pull it off. Either, you know, some board up or something like that won't come into work. But uh, Free Talk Live... (laughs) Just about uh, live, just about every night of the week. Mm-hmm. So, um, it's it's about your calls. So let's go straight into your calls. And we've got Michael from Connecticut. Michael, what do you want to talk about? Oh, good evening. Hi. Hey, Michael. Hi. Uh, you talked earlier about uh, you know participating in the the uh, political oh, crap the <laughs> political process. <laughs> The political process versus, uh, you know, uh, civil disobedience, and and uh, what do you think? Sorry, part of it, the uh, wine is talking. Hold on. <laughs> Michael, Apparently, it's not talking. <laughs> Michael, I happen to know Michael from She Talk Live. He was a, a caller to She Talk Live, and he he runs a winery. Oh, that's funny. So he he enjoys a good bottle of wine and calls into Free Talk Live. Wow. Yeah. All right. So, what do you think? Funny. I think that, um, you know, I've gone through the whole schmear through the past uh, 15 years, and, you know, I've just kind of given up on voting because originally, you know, I, you know, I got into the uh, liberty movement back uh, like uh, 15, 16 years ago. I heard an interview with Harry Brown in a local radio station. Yep. And, uh, you know, that kind of got me going, and then I got involved in the Libertarian Party. But the Libertarian Party has pretty much uh, has pretty much uh, been corrupted and and destroyed. Yeah, didn't they write a, kinda, the one from Florida write a letter recently that was like disassociating themselves from voluntarists? Yes, they did. Yeah, one of, you know one of the, one of them did. You know they <laughs> and they said we were on the Liberty Underground Radio Show and the president of the Florida, you know, the head of the Florida LP called out uh, voluntarists and none of them called in. Uh, well, oh, yeah. gee, I wonder why they're not listening to a political <laughs> radio show <laughs> on you know some tiny little radio show, show on some paper broadcast station in Florida. Yeah, wow. Yeah, and uh, you know I've gotten to the point where I. I, I just want to put out signs saying, uh, you know, don't vote, you know, or just uh, vote for voluntarism, you know, stay at home. 
Well, I think that if if I were elsewhere, I, I agree with you that uh, that voting is a largely insignificant act in the sense that yeah. you know from a sort of a mathematical standpoint, your vote doesn't matter much. Yeah. Uh, your 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 money towards campaigns matters more. But if you're in one of the other forty nine states, I think that you're kind of you, you might as well be throwing uh, softballs at God that rather than you know yeah. I mean that that'd be more effective than trying to be in the political process there. But in New Hampshire, I think we can all agree that there have been successes for people that oh, yeah. would call themselves libertarians in the state of New Hampshire. Yeah. Although working in the um, alcohol industry, that's a little tougher for me. So. Oh, yeah. You mean moving yeah, up there? You mean moving up here or? Yeah, moving up there, yeah. yeah. Except it's a liquor cartel up there, so it's a little tougher. You could open a winery, yeah. a wine, wine shop, and there's a uh, in my town there's a lady who has a, vi- a vineyard, and I'm not sure the difference between a winery and a vineyard. Mm-hmm. But, I think a winery uh, sells wine and a vineyard produces it. I don't know. I Maybe. Is that so? It's more in the issue of liquor retail. You know, if I wanted to open up a, a retail store in New Hampshire, it would be a little bit tougher because the state would crack down on that. Well, they would only click. I, I don't know what you call it, calling liquor. If you're calling liquor liquor, yes, you cannot. Uh, mm-hmm. You cannot sell liquor, but you can sell beer or wine or um, what, what uh, brewed spirits. So mead and which is basically a type of wine or uh, you know these other things. There, there's there's these. Uh, kind of uh, liqueur shot things that you could you would be able to sell hmm. if you wanted to I, I think i i can't remember what any of them are called but they'll you know, they're just uh, like 18 percent alcohol or something like that yeah because liquor is a sin so we got to get the state to control it yeah that, that that'll be best well yeah. michael thanks for your call um you know give us a call right, next thanks. week thanks michael and i want to take uh, nick from illinois nick are you there hi so what do you want Lay it on us, Nick. What do you want? <laughs> uh, Mark, uh, yes. you touched on something. Well, you've been discussing something that I've been meaning to bring up for months now, and that's about the definition of the word government. I often wonder just how much the so-called minarchists and anarchists actually disagree, or rather what the real disagreement is, in part because... Me too. Them, <laughs> I absolutely have been trying to make these inroads for the longest time, saying, look, we're both going to, you know, <laughs> we're we're we're... We're going to Los Angeles. You're going to Alameda. Let's get on board the same train here. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, yeah, well, but what you know, if you exactly can't get to Los Angeles through the same road? <laughs> Maybe. Well, I'll get to that. Because uh-huh. uh, I once heard a debate between Michael Badnerick and Stefan Molyneux on minarchism versus anarchism. Yes. They talked right past each other because they were operating on different definitions. Could you hear that? I tried to listen to it, and the audio was terrible on that. Mm, well, I, I was able to understand it. Okay. But, uh, so Molyneux was using it to mean a body with a monopoly on the legitimate use of force in our geographic area, while Badnerick was using a definition that could technically apply to a voluntary defense agency. Because the pitch for minarchism that he kept making during the debate was that the reason why we can't have anarchy is because not everyone has the courage to pull the trigger to defend themselves and would rather outsource that to a separate institution. Mm-hmm. So it seemed to me that what they actually disagreed on was basically the question of whether or not the organization we call government today can be reformed into a voluntary one. Right. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, that's, and that's the debate that we were having earlier. No, there is yeah. nothing voluntary about the organization we have today. There is... No, I, one would agree, I would agree with you. I would, claim, yeah. would not claim that. I, uh, the only problems I have with government is they claim a monopoly on themselves and they steal money from people. Yeah. yeah. I, I sometimes wonder if the real difference between a minarchist and a voluntarist, as those terms are often used, is about the question of whether or not the organization... Uh, 
or uh, whether or not the organization called government still has the monopoly right on the use of force in some instances. Like there's two, two axes at play. On one is the question of whether or not the organization called our government can be reformed into a voluntary one. And on the other is the question of whether or not that organization has the right to a monopoly on the use of force in its region. So, so it's like there's two different kinds of minarchists almost. Agreed. Uh, there's these minarchists that will take this stand. And I certainly used to be in this, in this camp that will take the stand that I know what the future is. Which is stupid, right? Like, you know, caveman, <laughs> ugh, no fine flying big bird, right? You know, <laughs> um, you know, they're, they're that, they're that dumb. They're, they're, they're making statements that are that foolish, I should say. Um, that they that they can predict the future. That at no point in human uh, you know interaction will we possibly be able to have voluntary states. Mm-hmm. Aye, who could possibly make that statement? Okay, so then the next question: Are voluntary uh, is a voluntary know, state an oxymoron? Is, well, is a volu- no is, is a voluntary interaction preferable to a coercive one? Uh-huh. I'd say yes. Yeah. So therefore, from that standpoint, I guess I'm a voluntarist, even though I think that the way to get to voluntarism, which probably will not come in my lifetime, and I don't have to deal with some of these big questions of voluntarism, is through minimizing the size of the state and trying to make as many interactions as possible in my lifetime be voluntary. Nick, can I address this question real quick? I I think that there are infinite types of minarchists. You said there's two types of minarchists. I think there are infinite types because when I've heard minarchists talk, uh, they all have their own different version of like how just how big a, a minimal state should be. So what would the minimal, st- minimal state do and how would it operate? They all have a slightly different version of it, whereas the the true voluntarists seem to be a lot more consistent in that they want no state. And and I, I do think that uh, if we're talking about words, words have meaning and a government means a coercive monopoly on violence, that kind of uh, organization. And, uh, you know, I guess... Uh, well, some people disagree that, with that, but I, I, I would disagree with that because how do people use words? People will use words to mean things that they that they may not mean in the dictionary all the time. Okay. So this is one of the reasons I disagree with the use of the word anarchism. I use mm-hmm. I disagree with the use of the word capitalism. Okay. Um, so if well, well, let's replace the word government with coercive monopoly for a minute. Okay, mm-hmm. and just talk about this. I've met people who call themselves minarchists who think there must be a coercive monopoly, but that it can somehow regulate itself and keep itself small enough to their standards and follow a constitution or something. Yeah, you know, the whole idea that the tree of liberty That's must what be I think of as a minarchist. With the blood of patriots now and then. That that thing. 603-435-1105. Hold the line, Nick. Do you have a product or service that you can sell to a national audience? Free Talk Live is a nationally syndicated radio program on more than 100 radio stations coast to coast. We've been named to Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list. That's the 100 most important radio talk shows in the nation thrice. And five times the best political podcast from podcastawards.com. You can have access to our 90 plus stations and our large and loyal podcast audience for less than $1,000 a month. Contact me, Mark, at freetalklive.com. Free Talk Lives, live Sunday edition. It's Mark with you. And Stephanie. Check out amp.freetalklive.com if you listen to Free Talk Live on a regular basis. Have listened to it for, oh, say, a year now, and you're just soaking up those free shows. You're not promoting Free Talk Live to any of your family, friends, loved ones. And you're not amping the program, one might ask them oneself, hmm, why?
<laughs> should I do this? Am I? Should I support something that I enjoy so much and believe so thoroughly in? I'd say yes, and you can do so by going to amp.freetalklive.com. We we ask for three dollars a month. Many people uh, donate, give, uh, you know, whatever it is, more. And we give you bonuses in order to do this. This It's the Mickey Mouse Club for Free Talk Live. You can get uh, commercial-free podcasts. You can – there's a little forum on the BBS if that's what you want to do. There's uh, – there's uh, I, I can't really remember anything else. But I know that, that, uh, that, that people who are amplifiers like it. When you said Mickey Mouse Club, the first thing I thought of was – do you remember years ago Ian used to call himself a free, free marketeer? Yeah, the free marketeer. And every time you, he said that, you said – M-I-C. See you real soon. K E Y. Why? Because we like you. M O U S C. I'd never get all the way through it because he'd like, cut off my mic or something. Because I'd make fun of his little free musketeer. Well, he can't do that I now. Don't. No, no, he cannot. <laughs> anyway, so you know that cigarettes will kill you. You've been thinking about giving the e cigarette a try. There is a healthier option 22,000 times healthier. Well, listen to this offer from Vaporsmiths.com. A pack-a-day smoker will save $120 a month. So you already start feeling richer, better feeling, and smelling better. Start being richer, better feeling, and smelling better. Yeah, feeling better or something like that. <laughs> yeah, I can't say my copy is the best in the world. That 22,000, I thought you'd call me on that, that 22,000 time healthier. Being I was the, going to get through the ad and wonder yeah. what, what the 22,000 number As I understand, um, you know, they're, he's uh, taking the quantities of things that are bad for you, uh-huh. multiplying them sort of out and coming up with this, uh, this number. Mm-hmm. You know, he seemed like a real expert on the subject. Mm-hmm. I think that it's pretty clear that e-cigarettes are probably healthier for you. Sure. I don't know what the percentage you know, the numbers are or anything like that. But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, an expert told me 22,000. I believe him. He's willing to stand behind it. Uh, you know, I, so therefore it seems like uh, I'm, well, I'm willing to do it. That's the argument from authority, right? That's a logical fallacy. It is. But um, at the same time, we can kind of, there's a lot of data. But we do have to, we do have to bend to authority in this world. It's just which authorities are you going to bend to, right? I mean, well, well, hopefully the ones that you choose based on evidence and what you think is yeah. the best. Um, and, and clearly you think this guy has, uh, you know, done his research and he's obviously kind of a expert in the field because he runs an e-cigarette company. But then that means he also has an incentive to tell people that they're healthier. And- but he, so he gave me some evidence, uh-huh. right? Um, and I that evidence seemed good to me. Yep. There's always other evidence out there, and you know how. Yeah. And no, if you always wait for the next evidence to come, you're at no point be able to make a positive statement, right? Right. You know, and it's a, it, and life's hard to. Uh, to well, you to go live you go with what statement. you have. You go with the best information you yeah. have, and I actually have done some research on e-cigarettes to write uh, an article about them at one point, and um, it read some of the numbers with independent testing agencies where they tested the amount of carcinogenic chemicals mm-hmm. in them and so forth and stuff like that. And I don't think that figure is too far-fetched. Let me just put it that way. Okay. And of course, there's a lot of data about cigarettes out there and how they cause lung cancer and you know directly linked to all different types the, of cancer. The first one I'd ever seen, uh, Jason Osborne was smoking. I went out to uh, see him, uh, my friend Jason Osborne, who's uh-huh. a big supporter of Liberty and big supporter of Free Talk Live. Uh, out there in uh, where he was in Ohio, and you know he was uh, puffing on one of these things. I thought it was very interesting. I didn't try mm. it at that point, but uh, oh, he was like an early trendsetter with one of these. Yeah, like he is an early adopter of things. Yeah. So anyway, back to this copy. What more could you want? How about a free starter kit? Just purchase forty cardamizers with coupon code FTL. Free shipping on orders of sixty dollars or more. 
855-2-GET-VAPOR or go to vaporsmiths.com. Now, those cardamizers cost uh, $69, so you'll get both mm-hmm. the free shipping and the free starter kit mm-hmm. just by buying the 40 cardamizers. And so it's a really great deal. They cost $69 each? or the $69 total. For forty card. Oh yeah, that's a great deal. So I mean, I don't know. What, I I don't know what the comparison is, but it seems like a everything I've seen has been more than that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Usually a starter kit is about a hundred bucks. Yeah, that's, that's pretty. That good. That sounds about right to me. That sounds about uh, what's accurate. I, I I think we've got somebody on the line here. We're just, <laughs> they know, want to ignoring. shut us up. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Nick, Illinois. Yeah, uh, yeah. The other thing I was going to bring up uh, right. was that uh, I think it's morally okay for the government to quote-unquote tax a corporation, because although it's called a tax, it's more like a fee or a subscription, because a corporation is a voluntary arrangement that people create between themselves and the government. So I don't see what's wrong with the government charging them for it. Well, what if they're the only organization and they're enforcing their own monopoly on that service and they're providing the service at a point of, at the point of a gun? Whether the... Are they really? Because uh, I think that free market versions of a corporation could exist. Uh, I have mentioned this to you months ago, but... Could they? Uh, the, the argument in favor of free market corporations is that all a corporation has to be is a contract between a business and its customer, where the customer yes. is not to go after the corporation shareholder's uh, assets if the corporation can't pay its debts. Right. A shareholder is essentially, to some extent, a loan giver. Uh, like somebody could, uh, I, I could give your, you could call yourself, you know, Stephanie Miller, whatever it is, Murphy, <laughs> LLC, and then uh, ask for loans for me. And then you would pay me back on those loans based on how well your business went. Mm-hmm. How much different is that than from a shareholder? Yep. As I and, understand um, it, not too you know, different. So, you know, that would be a way for me to sort of buy into the profitability of your company and – Without, because I'm giving a loan, I'm not responsible. In the same way that if I, uh, you know, kill my whole family at my house, the bank that has a loan on it isn't uh, isn't responsible for that. Yep. Yep. Okay. Super genius. That's what I am. Uh, Super genius. <laughs> so then, why don't private corporations exist? Well, I think there are a lot of other benefits to being a, a government-sponsored corporation, right? Right, but those are illegitimate benefits, right? right. Oh, yeah, those ones sure. in particular. So you think that, let me get this straight, um, you think that um, just the aspect of protection from liability, legal liability um, from the customers is the is the only legitimate function of a government corporation and that it also could be provided by the free market legitimately? I'm not entirely up on what all the services are mm-hmm. because the, the laws are so complex. Well, and also you've got this situation where um, companies, you know, it's such a litigious society. And when somebody yeah. brings a lawsuit to bear on you, it's such an aggression. It's not, I'd like to solve a problem here yeah. that I have. It's, I'm it's gonna like, the dogs I'd like on to you. rape you, <laughs> you know, out wow. in the, the morning sun. Uh, you know, it just doesn't, it's not good. And so I can understand why people wish to incorporate. I've incorporated because, mm-hmm. you know, I mean... You get into an automobile accident and the poor guy gets away with it because he doesn't have any assets. Nobody's going to go after him. But somebody who's got a few assets, they can take your house away. So, you know, it makes it makes good sense to me. Mm -hmm. One last thing is um, it was good to hear from Dana again a few nights ago. I asked about her a few months ago because I was worried that she might have died of the medical problems she talked about the time before last. I wish I'd asked uh, more about that. I was, uh, you know, just just pleased to hear from her. 
to recap, this is this is a lady from Texas, right, yep. who was having trouble affording her prescription medications. Yes, right. she was uh, feeling desperate when she called in one time, and then yes. she's called in recently. I remember so. that. And you actually gave her some URLs to link to for some you know discounted medicines. Yeah. And stuff. Meds.freetalklive.com. Yeah. Yeah, well, thanks a lot, Nick. Six zero three four three five eleven zero five. What is that? <laughs> Some of these. It actually reminds me of beds Ian's I laugh. Never heard. <laughs> you know when Ian thinks something is really funny, he goes ah ah. ah. <laughs> <laughs> so rarely do you get to hear Ian laugh on the air. He's, I love it when it happens. It's like a rare sighting of some. I hear him. He'll <laughs> chuckle. He'll laugh like that when he's uh, read stuff on his little free keen forum. He loves to just read people's posts. He's such a computer nerd guy. What can I tell you? We love Ian. <laughs> indeed, indeed. So, get some gold and silver. By go to gold.freetalklive.com. It's probably a good idea. It's not like the government's gonna oh stop printing money or anything. <laughs> so you know the money you've got now could be worth a lot more in the future. Maybe you should invest some of it in gold and silver. Just just an idea. Gold.freetalklive.com is a good place to do it. Help Free Talk Live get some of the best rates on gold and silver on the internet. And um, I think that's about it. What, uh, Stephanie, what, was the, what were we going to talk about? We were going to talk about bees, weren't we? <laughs> yes, we have an unbelievable story. Oh, good. <laughs> which is full of puns, by the way. Yes. Which I like. um, New York City fines man $2,000 for not watering his beehive. Watering your beehive. I'm trying to figure out exactly now, what they mean. Yeah, you here. have bees, right? I Mark? do have bees. Do you yes. water your bees? I don't stand over them with a hose, if that's what you mean. <laughs> do they, Do they have a place where they can access water? I mean, it's not really a problem in New Hampshire, right? Because it's pretty wet. Well, climate. okay. So I do give my bees this uh, little super bee growth stuff Ooh. that uh, they get that I mix with water, and okay. I stick in a little water kind of thing that goes into their their hive, mm-hmm. but. I don't always keep it full, and it's my understanding that it's only supposed to be used if the bees are going to sort of work at night. Um, that uh, you know the bees get their they get their stuff from pollen, right? Um, you know that they're going and doing their little jobs around the city, and you know working some flowers and getting some moisture out of that, and bringing it back for the other bees. I don't I don't know, frankly. I mean, I have bees kind of for fun, um, right? I mean, I wouldn't call myself a bee expert, but I, I, I don't think you need to keep the water in there unless maybe maybe the bees in New York don't well, have enough flowers to work on, and that's why? I don't know. Well, I mean, anyone except a bumbling idiot could keep, keep bees, God, right? Right. There's, there's a big buzz around this story. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't resist. <laughs> Okay, I'll just try. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. It says this story probably falls into the category of Ripley's Be Leave It or Not. The Bloomberg administration socked a Queens man with a hefty fine for failing to water his beehive. Record reports CBS 2's Marsha Kramer. It's a new one in the annals of city government. The cash strapped 
administration has mounted a sting operation <laughs> against, against city beekeepers, targeting a Douglaston man an unbelievable $2,000 for not watering his beehive. $2,000! <laughs> wow. I mean, it's not funny. I'm just laughing because it's, it's, it's crazy. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. How do they know, for one? Well, I guess they would have to have been on his property, and that's not somewhere I'd want an inspector to be. Indeed. It's outrageous. It's difficult to understand how this could happen, T- Tip Sempliner said. And here's, and here's why. There's a beehive waterer a few feet from the hive. When asked if it's logical to assume the bees could fly two feet to get the water, Sempliner said, I don't know if they'd, be, if they'd bother. They could just step out of the hive and fall in the water. But that's not all. Sempliner's property. Oops. I'm sorry. This is not loading. But anyway, I mean, uh, okay, it's came back. It's one of those uh, page two kind of things. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. (laughs) You know, so so there's water beneath the hive and a waterer that's two feet away. And there's a pond right by. So it says that's not all. Sempliner's property is right on Little Neck Bay and he has several freshwater ponds nearby. So if the bees don't like their water dish, there are many other beautiful options. That's nuts. Yeah, it's crazy. I, and then he says, um, I should probably, he says he should probably buy the inspector some glasses. So why was there an inspector allowed on his property to begin with? He I, probably thought his bees had plenty of water, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I know New York has been, uh, you know, looking for money. Uh, so I'm, you know, th- that I think well, this is one of the titles uh, on freetalklive.com for this story. I think it was like cash strapped New York finding bee keepers or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but Even the city council people later in this article are saying that, Oh yeah, this is just crazy. This is just a way of revenue collection. It's pretty bad when they admit their own um, <laughs> that their own desperation for indeed money it is bad to steal it from people. <laughs> this is crazy. It's nuts. Um, so any any other pieces of uh, little nuggets, uh, little uh, drops of honey in this uh, story? <laughs> well, Semfliner's message to Mayor Michael Bloomberg is simple: You can catch more bees with honey than you can with vinegar, or in this case, a city summons. He said City Hall should dismiss it. Apparently, the mayor agrees within limits because after Kramer called, a decision was made to change the violation to a, quote, warning. I wonder how much that had to do with all the publicity and the craziness of this being exposed. a lot. You know, that just shows if if I'm ever targeted for something stupid like this, I'm just going to raise holy hell about it. And I'm really lucky that I get to be on this radio show and... (laughs) I have lots of connections. I haven't noticed this and... radio show to, to be particularly good at uh, raising hell and getting things turned around. Uh, I think that the expectation is the show will uh, will raise hell anyway. So what are they going to do about it? Um, well, I, I'm not going to be quiet about it. You know, if like that woman who got targeted for having a vegetable garden in her front lawn. You yeah, know, she went to a lot of media outlets and she uh, had a lot of stories about it and stuff. Best thing to do. Yeah. Do you want to do you want to take this call, Stephanie? We haven't. I haven't. Uh, I just noticed the call. Okay. And yeah. If you want to take it, we can. Yeah, uh, we might have already talked about it. <laughs> You're on live. It's free talk live. Who's this? Hey, this is Paul from South Carolina. Hey, Paul. So, uh, what do you want? What do you What do you want to talk about? Yeah, I'll, I'll pose a question for Super Smart Mark, and then I'll hang up and listen to the radio. But my question is this: It seems like the most legitimate reason to have a government is to have an independent arbiter. At least that's what it's supposed to be. You know. You know, it didn't work that way. Yeah, I, my I, question some is, people would say that. So my question is, how can you set up an independent arbiter in a free market system? In a free market system, how would somebody be independent? What's that? Or in a, using a voluntary uh, interactions, how would you set up an independent arbiter? They can't be like influenced by money or you know all that kind of stuff. Well, I, I would say that um, that people would be you know that their reputations would matter. I mean, how would you say that Consumer Reports is pretty independent? 
It is, but if it was determining who lives and who dies, I don't know how uh, independent it would be. Well, I, I at this it's, point, it's it's uh, you know it's even more important than who lives or who dies. It's how much money they make. I mean, there's, you know, Paul, a, a popular I know, I magazine. I know you address this question to Mark, but uh, I hope you don't mind if I jump in here. I think if no, there, no, follow me. If there were not a monopoly on those services, then companies would be competing, and one of the bases they'd be competing on is the um, objectivity or the fairness that they uh, that they have in their dealings. See, but how, how do you how does that happen? Because seems like if there are some... Uh, they have like transparency in their organizations, and they allow people to audit them outside people. They allow journalists to report on them, you know, all kinds of stuff like that. So Here's an example. We have the, the rating system for the funds that help contribute to the, uh, the financial crisis. I'm not saying it's the reason, but it's one of the, the things involved. Like and the these, S&P? Triple uh, A ratings to junk bonds. I mean, that's supposed to be an independent rating for bonds, but it clearly wasn't. Oh, yeah. There's no doubt um, you could have agencies that that turn. I mean, you know, these uh, these agencies, these independent agencies that sort of rate people. But were there other agencies that rated bonds and weren't the agencies that existed kind of really connected and in bed with government? Uh, they, they kind of quasi-government? It's all basically the same thing, from my opinion, like the Goldman Sachs to the the Treasury Department to these uh, these bond ratings are all kind of like the same group of people the way I look at it. So, yeah, they are kind of in bed together. That's what I'm saying. How do you prevent that? Well, I would say that, um, you know, for, for one, you're going to have different ratings companies that are going to come along. You're going to have the uh, the Stephanie Rating Company and the Mark Rating Company. The Stephanie Rating Company will do its best to, uh, to, to work upon its name, its good name, and uh, – to be as fair as it possibly can, the Mark company will say, yeah, I'll say whatever you want for a dollar. And, um, you know, then people are going to, at some point or another, they're going to say, oh, that Mark company, I'm not sure that everything that they say is entirely on the up and up. Well, um, maybe the Stephanie company tries to infiltrate Mark company and find that they're not really being objective and that yeah, they're right. selling out or whatever. And, and that's something that they could uh, use in their marketing materials yep. and, and that kind of thing. I, I appreciate your call. 603-435-1105. Sunday. Free Talk Live. Talk Live's live Sunday edition. It's Mark. And Stephanie. You know, I don't have any more live reads. I don't have any more uh, promos. Do you have another live read? I think we do have another one. Please, please hit it for me. <laughs> I, I, I lose my mind here. Well, Mark, you know that the U.S. dollar, dollar is devaluing. I do, yes. You can see it happening every day. I can. <laughs> you know a new currency will take over at some point. It has to. It's inevitable. Wouldn't you like to be on the ground floor? I, who wouldn't want to be on the ground floor of a, a new powerful world reserve currency? <laughs> Bitcoins, they are a decentralized anonymous internet currency. They're free to use, free to accept, and free from inflation forever. You can use them anywhere in the world, and their value seems to only be increasing. Find out more at weusecoins.org. Don't be kicking yourself in the pants in a month. Your dollars are going down, and Bitcoins are going up. Weusecoins.org. I'll tell you, I was kicking myself with the pants when they were, you know, worth less than a dollar, and now they're up to about fourteen bucks now. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, that's it's nice to be able to get, uh, you know, what fourteen hundred percent on your. They still haven't rebounded to the like the high of no, not the something. highest highest. They've they're just kind of after the the hacking incident, yeah. they've kind of kind of languished around twelve to fifteen in that uh, mm-hmm. range. But you know, it was a Bitcoin bubble. 
It was the Bitcoin. It doesn't mean it's not going to come back. Mm-hmm. But uh, anyway, let's take uh, Phil in Sydney. Phil, you there? Uh, yeah, mate. How's it going? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not sure what you said. He said, yeah, mate. How's oh, it going? Okay. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I think the connection's a bit flaky. But anyway, um, uh, in the UK, um, in Australia, also in the US, to I think a lesser extent, there is a major concern over how many newspapers or television stations or radio stations one media company is allowed to own uh, and operate. Uh, now, I completely agree that um, a large chunk of the uh, the radio and TV ownership is controlled by the FCCs and the various bodies like that, uh, but the barrier of entry to getting a newspaper up and running is much less of a governmental hurdle. It's more of a financial, can we get the stuff together together to get it happening? Yeah. Um, now, um, in, in, in the UK, there's about four or five or six different newspapers that uh, that look like they're a competition, but they're all owned by News Corporation. Yeah. Um, I know in Australia, uh, uh, there's different regional ones and a couple of national ones. Um, so what, what do you reckon the market solution is for overcoming one big organisation um, steering public opinion in, in, in a in whatever direction that they want. Oh, I think it's blogs. I think it's already happening. Yeah, I think that uh, it's people getting involved. For one, um, you know, I mean, are we talking about a, a world where uh, people should be able to be free, or are we talking about a world like today, where the government controls, you know, the FCC and things like that? Because you could be on the air on a radio station for a few hundred dollars. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's just the government mm-hmm. that makes it that much more difficult. You could provide your community with uh, news and opinion and uh, music and whatever it is that, you know, you could pump out through the airwaves on the radio station relatively cheaply. Um, but it's just the government that keeps you from doing it. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but um, there's still a lot of the population who's still getting their opinions and beliefs formed and sure. shaped and molded uh, Every- by the existing that are in place. I reckon it'll be at least two more generations of folks dying out. Um, before uh, before these new forms of communications uh, um, are the opinion makers. I don't know. I mean, blogs currently many of the major stories are broken. Um, if you take a, if you take a look, uh, you'll see that many of the major stories are not broken by the mainstream media yeah. anymore. They're broken by blogs and by internet folks, and then the ma- the mainstream media picks it up and uh, distributes it. Now they decide what gets major distribution and what doesn't. But at this point, mm. the uh, much of the journalism work, I'm not saying all of it, a lot of the war stuff is still being done by, um, you know, real journalists and, you know, some of the pieces and local newspapers and things like that. But, okay, you know, uh, but there's a lot of free journalists out there breaking a lot of stories. Yeah. And, Phil, I have to... Well, I mean, I have um, to... Um, if, 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 you take, if you take the UK, for example, uh, sure, there's, there's papers like The Guardian, the Guardian and stuff like that saying, uh, look at News Corp and all the bad stuff they're doing, blah, blah, blah. Um, but that's not stopping the Times and the Sun and uh, News of the World and all these other news corporation companies from continuing to steer public opinion. And I completely agree that the uh, that the countermeasures of speech you don't like is more free speech. But uh, um, it's just when one group has so much control over what a population is thinking, um, it, it's like um, um, I agree there should be a free market solution, but uh, if opinion is being driven by bad people... Phil, I got to jump in here. I got to jump in. You've said this a couple of times that the news, you know, expressed a sentiment that the news controls what people are thinking. And I disagree with that. I think that people gradually gravitate toward 
news that is slanted to the point of view that they already have. So basically the kind of conservative folks are going to watch Fox News and the more liberal folks maybe watch MSNBC and that kind of thing. And uh, the libertarians read the (laughs) libertarian blogs and listen to Free Talk Live. And, you know, I think that uh, there's some there's some crossover there, but I I, am not um, I'm, I'm not ready to accept the premise that people are people's opinions are shaped uh, by by the news that they're fed and they have like no say in, in what they get fed. They just take whatever's the biggest doesn't doesn't really incorporate freedom of choice and free will to me. And there there are still choices. Well, um, I, yeah, um, like, I do agree that people do gravitate towards the viewpoints that, that, uh, that, they, that they agree with more. But uh, if you have this constant barrage of information coming coming at you, um, whether it's of your mindset or not, um, at least some of it's going to sink in, and you, and you keep that happening time and time and time again. Just keep on hitting people over the head with a hammer. Uh, eventually, some of it's going to stick. <laughs> you know, I, I I agree with you on this one. I think that uh, the the major the mainstream media. Uh, frames the discussion, whether they uh, you know make people think it or whatever they make people think they think, uh, you know whatever people think they think, but they get to frame the discussion, and I think that that's really unfortunate. Um, but at the same time, all you can do is make steps in a certain direction. And we're making steps in the direction of more freedom in the area of the press. Um, newspapers are, you know, it's an expensive business to print crap on dead trees and, um, you know, distribute it and all that <laughs> other stuff. Uh, you know, whereas there are much cheaper models where you know people can do startups and stuff like that. The government stops people from starting up their own uh, local radio stations as best they can, but they really can't stop it. It takes them often years to shut down radio stations. I I've heard they had like have like two FCC employees west of the east of the Mississippi for shutting things down. You know, like that kind of inefficiency. Well, then let's get the root, yeah, to the uh, real uh, root. Which is, which is just why, once again, we will have the usual cast of characters coming around the next election cycle, whereas people like Paul and Barry yep. Johnson and uh, and other people who, who believe in the idea of freedom and liberty really won't, won't get a chance to have a look in. I think you're right. I think that the government's going to spend itself into insolvency before we ever get rid of this whole idea of a president. <laughs> uh, Phil, uh, we've got somebody on the other line, so I'm going to let you go, but thanks for your thoughts. Can I just make one comment there? Yeah, yeah. I think the yes, you can. You're a talk show host. <laughs> You're a commentator. Well, may I? Maybe is the yes, more appropriate jump may in. Do what you wish. <laughs> well, I think the root of that issue that I really wanted to say is that people are not taught critical thinking in government schools, Indeed. especially. They're not taught to question, you know, the information that they're fed, like starting with their teachers or their parents or whatever. They're 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 not taught to question everything that they hear and, and what constitutes good evidence and what constitutes um good journalism and, and stuff like that. And so I think if people um if we're really gonna change that whole idea of there's this mainstream media and they're kind of feeding people these stories that they unquestioningly swallow, then we really have to focus on teaching kids critical thinking skills. I wish there was, I wish I could think of some better way to do that besides homeschooling or unschooling my mm-hmm. kid. Yeah. Live unscreened call. Who's this? Me? Yes. You're the only oh, one. awesome. Hey, Mark. <laughs> okay. Yeah, this is uh, Brandon from Dayton, Ohio. I don't know if you remember me. I'm the Chinese Deliberty driver. The, the, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, Brandon. I called in and uh, offered my services to Mandrick. That I don't know if you remember me, but uh, anyways, I do now. Um, I was yes. giving you. Okay, cool. I was uh, giving you guys a call. I was. Uh, 
have a quick comment and then a question. The comment is going um, directed towards a uh, caller who I believe it was Tuesday or Wednesday. It was earlier this week who had uh, called in and it was he had asked a question that I've often contemplated myself. And when he had asked it, I was really eager to hear you and Ian. Quick, 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 quick. Okay. Well, uh, the the question was uh, the the difference between liberty and freedom. And uh, I I I got nothing for it. <laughs> okay, well, uh, I, I was just seeing if maybe you'd be interested in hearing my uh, yep, yep. my philosophy. Whip it out. I, I, well, uh, <laughs> just tell him to whip right, it well, out. Liberty, I did. <laughs> liberty, uh, to me, is more of that ba- the basic philosophy or kind of idea in your mind, whereas freedom is more of a physical thing and more of like a byproduct of liberty. So if you have a libertarian or a liberty mindset, freedom is how it's manifested or um, – you know, just the physical presence of liberty, I guess, if that makes any sense. It sounds and, good to uh, me. I, I mean, you make it sound like a great explanation. Mm-hmm. Whatever question you got, you're going to have to wait till next week. <laughs> All right. I understand, Mark. You guys have a great night. Yep. Thanks, that. Brandon. 603. Why don't we give him the number for Cliffhanger. Uh, yeah. Uh, this is the Sunday night edition of Free Talk Live. Thank you very much for listening. This is Mark. And Stephanie. See you next week. Or listen to you next week. Talk to you next week. <laughs>